You know what I just watched? Return of the Jedi. What did you like better? Jedi or the Empire Strikes Back? Empire. Blasphemy. Oh, oh, Jedi, it was a bunch of Muppets. There was something else going on in Jedi. I never noticed it till today. They build another Death Star, right? Yeah. Now, the first one was completed and fully operational before the Rebels destroyed it. Luke blew it up. Give credit where credit's down. And the second one was still being built when they blew it up. Compliments to Lando Calrissian. Something just never sat right with me that second time around. I could never put my finger on it, but something just wasn't right. And you figured it out. The first Death Star was manned by the Imperial Army. The only people on board were stormtroopers, dignitaries, Imperials. Basically. So when they blew it up, no problem. Evil's punished. And the second time around? The second time around, it wasn't even done being built yet. It was still under construction. So? So a construction job of that magnitude would require a hell of a lot more manpower than the Imperial Army had to offer. I bet they brought independent contractors in on that thing. Plumbers, aluminum siders, roofers. And not just Imperials. Is that what you're getting at? Exactly. In order to get it built quickly and quietly, they'd hire anybody that can do the job. Think the average stormtrooper knows how to install a toilet main? All they know is killing in white uniforms. All right, so they bring in independent contractors. Why are you so upset at its destruction? All those innocent contractors brought in to do the job were killed. Casualties of a war they had nothing to do with. All right, look. You're a roofer. Some juicy government contract comes your way. You got a wife and kids, the two-story in suburbia. This is a government contract, which means all sorts of benefits. Along come these left-wing militants and blast everything within a three-mile radius with their lasers. You didn't ask for that. You have no personal politics. You're just trying to scrape out a living. seconds after the hour of 11 and this the month of November the year of our Lord 2007. Thank you for coming by and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970. Uh, Solid State Radio. By the way, that little clerk's clip we were just playing there is a little bit of of trivia for those in the assembled listening audience. So the band that is playing in the background as they're discussing um, the second Death Star being blown up. The band that is playing it, they're playing a song called Chewbacca. The band in the background is the band Supernova, who successfully sued uh, Rockstar Supernova to make them change their name. So there you go. Uh, information you neither cared for nor asked about that I give to you regardless. All right, why, hello. Uh, it is 503 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. It's the Rick Emerson radio program, an excursion into whimsy unlike any other. Uh, it is Tuesday, and welcome to Day 12. Thank you for coming along. It's 503-733-2970. With your comments, clarifications, conventions, your two cents, whatever it is uh, whatever it is you wish to weigh in uh, on about. That's like five prepositions at once that I just ended a sentence with. And I just did it again. How, <laughs> how ironic that as I, was, as I was lamenting ending a sentence with a preposition, I did it again. That's wonderful. That almost makes the whole thing worthwhile. All right. Fantastic. You can see my fourth grade English teacher just it's growing apoplectic with rage, my linguistic impurities. Well, what can you do? Screw it! As George C. Sawitz came. I can't talk today. I don't know what's going on. As George C. Scott would say, 
That's one of those things, too, where you can't start thinking too much about the way the English language works. Because it'll just it'll, it'll get inside your head. It'll totally rattle you. You'll be psyched out. Here's something people don't actually think of it all that often, and they really ought to. I mean, have you ever really thought about the fact about how in, incredibly complex and difficult it is to, to form sentences and to speak on the fly? And much less to talk on the fly and have your words have any kind of semblance of meaning? If you really start thinking about the, way, the, the, the speed at which your brain has to work, to just pull words and phrases and crap just out of storage in your head and stick them all together in exactly the right order, just in time for them to leave your mouth and mean something, God forbid you think about that while you're stoned. You'll never leave the house again. You'll sit there rocking back and forth, quietly, weeping to yourself, inconsolable. All right. Try this whole thing again. In any event, it's 503-733-2970. Uh, it's Tuesday. We're here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Uh, thank you for coming along. 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol is standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the socially unacceptable on all levels. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Uh, 2970. You can also email if you like. It's uh, rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am or uh, Tim at 970.am. I don't know that... Uh, I'm not sure that Richie has his own email address yet. I mean, he has one that's like Richie blah, 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 something, blah, blah, blah. CBS Radio Portland, blah, 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 dot com. Something. I, it's, it's, it's long and it's, it's hard to remember. Uh, so we're working on getting him his own. In the meantime, though... Uh, we are here at 503-733-2970. All right. Uh, well, before we get to anything else, I hold here in my hand. I never did hear back from Scotty, incidentally, about about the lover boy opportunity that I was handing him, that we were graciously offering to him now that he's just a working stiff. Because Scotty, when he left the program, one of his great laments, and really this does tell you everything you need to know about Scotty J. When he left the show, one of his great regrets is that he didn't get to interview Mike Reno from Loverboy. Because he'd been, he'd been working on it forever. I mean, he'd spent... That's why he never got anything else done, I think. I, w I would just go back there, and that was like his secret project that he was building in the basement. He was trying to get together this Loverboy interview for the show. And so, of course, a week after he leaves, I get the email, Would you like to interview Loverboy? And so I pass it along to Scotty, and I've never heard back. So, well, whatever. Well, we can call him and the president today. <laughs> call him and Dale Gribble working together in a garage somewhere. I, um, I want to have the president on. The president of Scotty's firm? Yeah. How long? Well, we talked to Scotty last week. I don't even remember when Scotty left. When did he leave? I don't know. Like Mid-October? Something like that? It's October 19th, I think, was his last day. So almost a month ago. Almost a month ago. So we talked to him last week, and he confessed that he'd made no money so far. So there you go. Job well chosen, Scotty. Congratulations on taking door number two. Anyway, it's like Monty Hall handing you a box of cow manure. Uh, in any event, so so I don't know about the Loverboy interview, but we have been handed this other opportunity. Sarah, let me ask you this. Here's a little bit of a... Uh, let me just illustrate the generational divide here. Yes. Sarah, do you know who Ray Parker Jr. is? No. Who's <laughs> <laughs> Ray Parker uh, Jr.? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, I'm not even going to answer that question right now. I'm going to make you wait. Singer, band? Uh, well, he was in a band, a band called Radio, R-A-Y-D-I-O, for a while, Radio, because he's Ray Parker Jr. Ah, uh, oh, yeah. now, that's not why guy. you. That's not why you know him, though. That's not, Sarah, that's not why you know Ray Parker Jr. Tim knows, probably everybody over the age of 30 in the audience knows. Those under the age of 30, 
Not so much. You know the man's work. You just don't know his name. Ooh, okay. We'll answer the question later. All right. Um, so we'll talk about Ray Parker Jr. Uh, here in a second. Uh, let's see. James Roop will be joining us from Los Angeles today, uh, where Orenthal James Simpson continues to see his life spiraling out of control for, I think, at least the third time. I saw this creepy uh, video on TMZ last night. It was some video that they just released or that somebody just found and sold to TMZ. And it was O.J. Simpson and, um, what's her name? Uh, Nicole Simpson. That's the one that uh, that he uh, that was killed, right? Who's the sister? Is it Denise? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, but this wasn't her. This was the the, the dead one, the Nicole. So this, it was OJ and Nicole, like at a holiday party or something together, like two weeks before the killing. And at one point, at one point, he he like kind of sort of grabs her roughly by the shoulder and refers to her rather creepily as my woman. Although I think they were already divorced by that point. Or that she was filing for divorce because she was already giving it up to Ron Goldman, I think, at that point. Well, whatever. Anyway, so uh, Roop is in Los Angeles, and so we'll talk to him about the uh, the OJ thing happening. Steve Kastenbaum will join us today about the creepy Pope coming to America. Uh, let's see. Oh, also, that nutty guy in Finland who shot all those kids at his school apparently was on the YouTube uh, and having some sort of Internet correspondence with a young man in Philadelphia. So there you go. Uh, so uh, more Internet fear-mongering. Bob Costantini will join us today uh, to talk about the uh, situation in Iraq and uh, the, uh, the the uh, and I think now Lisa touched on this, the fact that now congressmen of all stripes and sizes are going to have to pay regular price for their cigarettes, which I guess is the most pressing issue on Capitol Hill today. This is some sort of run on cigarettes as though it were the Bedford Falls Bank. Let's see, top five today. Uh, now that we are recovered from the wind, we'll count down the top five wind songs of all time. We'll do that. Um, let's see. We have another installment of It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard. And we'll talk about the fact that Richie Bristol, who screens your phones here today, has no sense of smell. None. Zero. It doesn't exist. And no sense of hearing, considering he left that thing on the podcast that he wasn't supposed to. It's, well, I don't believe that's his fault. I'm I don't just think he kidding, was, Richie. I don't think he was in the room but at thanks, the time. I owe Scott Dallas angry yelling at me <laughs> voicemail to you. Good times. All right. Not uh, at all awkward. I think that's that's it. I got some small things to get to, but we'll we'll kind of plunge on into those here in just a second. So there you go. Uh, Jim Roop, Steve uh, Kastenbaum, Bob Costantini, top five. Uh, the smelling of Richie Bristol, and uh, it's the worst song you've ever heard. That's uh, it's all coming up. Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification today. Uh, police capture a man thought to be the Vancouver Strangler. Uh, Self-proclaimed pedophile claims he was forced to leave Portland. A teen is shot to death after police mistake his hair dryer for a gun. More than oh. 1,000 Clackamas County residents are without water today. Marvel is putting Spider-Man and other older comics online for the first time today. The Democrats claim the war costs every family over $20,000. Boy George is charged with false imprisonment. A robbery suspect running from the scene of the crime is eaten by an alligator. Fantastic. Paris Hilton will help drunken Indian elephants. That's in India. <laughs> and we'll have Did a you say drunken drunk. Indian elephants? That's correct, yes. Oh, that's the best phrase ever. Drunken Indian elephants. Drunken Indian elephants. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do the elephants also sell turquoise jewelry? I'm not sure. No, I'm just wondering. Commerce activities. All right. It's 503-733-2970. All right, we'll get to some calls here in just a second. By the way, I'd like to share this quote. I'd like to share this quote from Susan Reynolds in CBS Radio uh, Portland Marketing. 
So she came by the office while I was sitting there and I was working on some things. And she said, so uh, so what are your plans for Thanksgiving? She said, what are you doing? And I said, well, I, you know, I'll be here tonight. I know you guys are probably going to be gone. Uh, but I said, that, that, you know, well, I'll be here and, you know, we'll, you know, we'll be doing our Thanksgiving show as we always kind of do and whatever. And, and then she said, well, you, you know, what, what about Thanksgiving evening? And I said, well, I think my, I think my wife is doing something. I think we're going somewhere. We're doing something with somebody. And my wife has made some sort of plans. I'm not really privy to what they are. I just sort of go where I'm told. And so I said, well, I, I think my wife has made these plans uh, for us. And so I, I think I'm going somewhere Thanksgiving night. She said the greatest thing. She said, quote, well, I was going to invite you over for Thanksgiving knowing that you wouldn't come, end quote. So there you go. That tells you, that tells you all you need to know about uh, the desire of my coworkers to spend any amount of time with me. That the sole reason she was going to invite me is because oh, she knew that I Oh, don't feel sorry for yourself. Wouldn't... People invite you to do things all the time. You're no, no, no. totally antisocial. I'm not feeling... Th- don't be snippy. I'm not feeling sorry for myself. No, I'm, I'm just, just saying... saying don't, don't act like it's everybody else's problem because people do want to hang out with you. It's you who doesn't ever want to do anything. No, I'm just saying that apparently her, apparently her invitation was going to be based on the knowledge that I wouldn't actually take her up on it, which is great. So there you go. I've worked, look, I've worked, I liked him. I have worked long and hard uh, to burnish my reputation as somebody who doesn't want to go anywhere or do anything. Success. So, I know, that's what I'm saying. So this is, it really is just. I never asked to go anywhere. <laughs> it's very refreshing. And I'm only asked by people who know that I won't really do it. So, so she gets to feel good about herself because she gets to say that she would have invited me, and I get to feel good because I don't actually have to go anywhere. So, all right. Uh, anywho, it's 503-733-2970. Before we go anywhere else, uh, let's see, let's see. Susan, quote, checked off, done. Ray Parker Jr. will return to Ray Parker Jr. in just a second. I have a, a, a couple small observations. One for Sarah, one for Tim, one for everybody. Um, here's the one for everybody. This is just a random little, it's one of the many ideas that just bubble up into my head. They percolate up like so much uh, intellectual coffee. So while I was sitting there last night waiting for my new sleeping medication, and the, the jury is still out on that, by the way. I haven't had any weird side effects. It does give me this peculiar sensation that I'm really heavy. Everybody can insert their own observations about my failure to bicycle right now. But when I get out of bed in the morning, it's like I have this sort of sensation that I just weigh like a thousand pounds. I go to swing my. I'm not on this. I'm on this sleeping drug called trazodone. And when I get up in the morning, this has happened the last three days because that's when I started taking it. I swing my legs over the side of the bed, and it really is like I'm the thing. It's. I, I, I just I feel like I have been carved out of the side of a mountain, like a piece of rock or something. I just I stand up, and I swear to you, it feels like my bones are about to crumble under the weight of my body. Now I know I'm not like the world's most like together and spelt guy, but there really is. It's it's kind of strange, man. It does really f with your whole sense of your whole sense of 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 your equilibrium and the spatial relations and everything. It's all very strange. Um, but anyway, so I'm laying in bed last night. Uh, waiting for the sleeping medication to kick in. And you see, I can't do anything with this because the writer's strike is on, so there really is no one to whom I can even give this idea. There ought to be a medieval... Uh, there ought to be a medieval bikini-filled epic called Beowatch. Hmm. Huh? Somewhere somebody's laughing about that. Those people may not be in this room, but they're out there. Somewhere there's somebody finding that hilarious. That was for Tim and I, too. Beowatch. No, it's for everybody. That humor, that little joke right there, that's for the, that's for the people. That's for everyone. See, David Hasselhoff would have to go fight some sort of a dragon in, uh, you know, like on a Scandinavian beach. And then, uh, and then he would go 
like Grendel's mother, but she would be hot. And there'd be a lot of scenes of Grendel's mother running in a bikini in the slow motion, and then David Hasselhoff, but he'd have a sword because it's Bayo Watch. Come on! Well, all right, right, fine. Sons of bitches. I'm not giving you any more of my jokes. I'm keeping all my humor oh. to myself. <laughs> all right. I'm just for that. You have to wait for your thing. For uh, my thing. I was going to give you something nice. I was going to do something nice for you just now, but because you, you know didn't what? even get a courtesy. I didn't even get a courtesy. Bail you watch. are angry today, and I think I know why. Yes. Rick, from friend to friend, can I just tell you? Yeah. What? You're getting a little stout. Thanks. <laughs> and I'm sorry, like, so you've always, stout, you have, husky. you have the lucky genes where you you can't really usually tell. Like, you've been able to stay very thin while eating very poorly and yeah, not exercising at all. It's true. Not so much now. The hand of time comes for us all, my friend. I know. At least with this shirt, it's, here is what makes this shirt better than the one I had on last Wednesday, I think. I remember last Wednesday I was wearing a button-down, and my enormous girth was actually pressing <laughs> up so much that one of the buttonholes was ever so slightly frayed, and just the slightest pressure would pop the button out. And so all day I was having to re-button my shirt because my gut kept, like, like, pressing against the shirt, and it would pop apart. I know. I know you're I'm not. You're not that big. I think you're bleeding. I'm just, oh no, I cut my hand on something. Oh, okay. It's been a great day. <laughs> cut my cut my hand. I'm fat. Nobody finds I'm my sorry, jokes I'm not funny. I'm on. You look fine. You seem a little on edge today, though. Can I say that? Can we speak as friends? I didn't get to have my special internet time. Like just the, the second I got in here, people have been in here all, all right. morning. I'm just saying. You I'd seem like a little. Have, like to have my alone time for just a few. Minutes. I have something that'll make you smile, but it has to wait because you didn't laugh at my Beowulf joke. Okay. Um, Tim Riley, I have a little something for you. I'm giving everybody sort of presents at the beginning of the show. Why it, is that? Yours, and because I'm in a good mood. Yours is an internet present, Tim. Go, if you will now, please, to rickemerson.com. Tim Riley, because I know you have a special love for things like this. Sort of, um... I think I've already seen it. The, the... The odd and the strange. I think I've already seen this. Before. Yeah, if you go to rickemerson.com, uh, somebody sent this to me. I think it was, um, I don't know if I put his name or not. I think it might have been Ari, or his name is. Mm -hmm. Stu, I'm sorry. If you go to rickemerson.com, you will see this is an ad that this guy got in the mail. It's a, it's a sort of, it, it's a, a pamphlet, an advertisement he got in the mail from Portland General Electric. And it's a picture of a man, woman, person thing holding a like a caulking gun. Mm. I don't know who this woman person is or where they found her picture or why. Look, and I'm sure she's a nice person. I'm sure, as they say in Utah, she's a sweet spirit. But there's something r really odd about her appearance. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It looks as though she's been carved out of a mahogany log. And so if you go to rickemerson.com, and this is real, by the way. It hadn't been altered or photoshopped in any way. Just scanned in. If you go to rickemerson.com, you will see this. The, uh, the accompanying text says, Rick, I thought you might want to see this. It's one of those folded pamphlets that came with my PGE bill. What is this burly thing? I cannot believe my eyes. Is PGE trying to reach out to a different demographic like Max Riders or folks in Gresham? Hard to tell. It does have painted fingernails, so I do believe it's a woman. It is a... She is wearing a pink PGE vest. Uh -huh. She is. Seriously. Girls love their pink. Store? And then it's signed, seriously, WTF, Stu. Is that a wife beater she's wearing? I don't really know. So I would encourage you all to go to rickemerson.com and take a look at this new PGE ad. Well, she'll assist the customers. Uh -huh. If we knew who she was by name, we might request her to come in here uh -huh. and do some cocking for us. <laughs> I need your help with some cock. Uh, all right, and so this uh, this is for Sarah. Hold on a second. All right, 
So, uh, Sarah, food? no, no, no. It is your oh. long, it is your long delayed and belated birthday present. All right. So please now to be closing your eyes. Okay, they're closed. All right. Closing your eyes. All right. You may now open your eyes. <gasps> Yay! So there you go. There's, Thank you. I know that I've delayed it for like. It is. Uh, it is a Kenneth Cole reaction oh, money clip. This is- Awesome. It is the it's the same money clip I use that Sarah actually expressed great fondness for. And oh, so you found it. I did finally Thank find you, it. It took Rick. me forever to track it down. But there you go. I oh. thought you would appreciate that. All right, and that is a smiley present. See, are don't you you sad you were mean to me earlier? Well, now I don't have any money to put. Okay, wait, hold on. Now, I just gave you your present. Now, Sarah. Bail watch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you. Thanks so much. I appreciate that. Aaron laughter. just sent me an email too. He's like, I'm sorry, Rick. Bail. I heard crickets. It's funny. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? Jesus, man. Trazodone. Yeah. This stuff. My mom took this stuff when uh, she was in a nursing home with Alzheimer's, and they used that stuff to calm her down. Because you know, once you're on that stuff, you know, forget about it. You're you're all screwed up. And you're up forever. But so uh, wait, I, what, you have to be. Could you possibly be more vague? What do you mean? Once yeah. you take it, you're all screwed up. So she was constantly uh, drugged out, zoned out. She was never the same. And I know, yes. Yeah, well, she did her. have Alzheimer's. I, 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 yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to be. That. Yeah. But ever since she took that, she was never the same. I mean, well, I think there are many people who. I think many, I think many, if not most of the assembled masses, would argue that that might be a positive change in my personality if I was not quite the same. I like your kookiness. I'm just saying I don't want to. That's what makes you special. We don't need it dulled down. I don't want to put that to a vote. All right. Well, it hadn't had any of those effects on me. I mean, I have slept pretty heavily. I get up in the morning and I do have this weird sense of again of weighing like a thousand pounds. It is kind of strange. Uh, but I don't think it's made, it hadn't made me mental or wacky or less wacky in any way. Get back on the bike. That'll release your natural dopamine or whatever uh, the hell. Losing your call. I'm sorry. Bye. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Hello, Rick. What's uh, going on? Hi. Hey, so I had a question for you. I was going to see, is it possible you could put up like a reading list uh, on your website? You always have these great books that I want to read. But, yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, I can't remember the friggin' title every time I go into any bookstore or things of that nature. I've actually thought about doing that. Not because like, my reading list is so important that everybody needs to see it, but just because we have had some folks kind of ask about what was that book you mentioned. A guy was trying to track down Youth and Revolt the other day, but he couldn't remember the title. And he yeah, was, same he, here. Same here. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we'll do that. I'll put, and that's not a thing that I'm going to say I'll do, and then I just forget about it, and then it just vanishes into the ether. Um, I will actually do that one of these days. In the next week or so, I'll try to get, I'll try to get that put together by, uh, uh, by, the, by Thanksgiving. Yeah, good. Hey, you know what else, Rick? Uh, you know it's all right. Bragging on yourself. Shut up. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. You got to brag on yourself. I am so glad that commercial's gone. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Okay, point number one. Hello, everybody. Tim, uh, uh, Rick. Yes. There were no innocents on the Death Star even when it was under construction. Those people were being paid in blood money by the Empire. They got what they deserved. You put a toilet on a battle station. You might get blown up. So you're saying that. you're saying that the so-called Nuremberg defense uh, that they might use that they were simply on the Death Star following orders. It was quote just a job. You're saying that that doesn't wash with you. No. All right. No. Okay. Secondly. Yeah. Um, about bail watch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's hilarious. What's What's next, Rick? Are we going to punish Dog the Bounty Hunter by making him do a reality show called uh, Snoop Doggy Dog the Bounty Hunter? Oh, no, no, no. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Last but not least. Yeah, yeah, redeem yourself now, quickly, go. Okay, 
have uh, about six months before you have some serious nightmares with the trazodone. Enjoy that. You know, I don't... Okay, thank you. <laughs> I... I don't know. It's, I haven't it had like it. anyone's having really positive experiences. You know, with it. but Sarah, look, here's the thing they tell you in sales or if you work in any kind of marketing. You know, if a guy buys a toaster and it works, he doesn't call in to tell you how great the toaster is. Why? He just toasts. A guy only. But you're not talking about how great the toaster is. You're talking about how you feel like you weigh a thousand pounds in the morning. But that was only for a few minutes. I got out of bed and I felt kind of heavy. That's also because I'm a gigantic fat ass. Um, I'm just saying you're only hearing from the people. Well, look, I'm not wedded to it. If it, I mean, if I wake up in the middle of the night and I think I think I see a three-horned dragon by the side of the bed, I'll probably discontinue taking it. So, but I mean, the only alternative seems to be, and I'm not taking it because I'm crazy. Um, Quit looking at me. Uh, I'm only taking it because okay, I just can't get to sleep at night. And, uh, you know, I don't want anything that makes me feel all doped out and, and druggy the next day. Like, I've tried taking regular sleeping pills. I know that melatonin doesn't work for some people. It does work for me, but the only problem with melatonin is is that that does give me a hangover where I am I feel like I'm asleep for, you know, until noon the next day. I mean, I just walk around in a fog. So, I mean, I'm all for taking something else. i just got to find some, uh, some sort of sleeping medication that isn't going to turn me into a gigantic junkie. Because that's going to work out badly for all of us. Um... All right, we're going to break here in just a second. Like, okay, so Baywatch, done. Susan Quote, done. Sarah's birthday present, done. PGE pick. Look how productive the Trazodone is making me. PGE pick, done. Um, okay, quickly, Ray Parker Jr., and then we'll break. Sarah? Yes. Ray Parker Jr., I almost want to spring it on you. Ray Parker Jr. created a song that you know. I don't know that you know the song by heart, but you absolutely know this song. I always wonder if I should just play it. We'll play it coming back from the break. Okay. We'll play it on the way. It'll be our return bump. Uh, when we return... Now, now, see, now we're getting nothing but Trazodone calls. This is the very definition of niche programming, by the way. Let's spend 45 minutes discussing a drug that one half of 1% of the audience takes. Uh, well, I will be curious to see if anybody had the 19-hour arousal side effect, though. Which, as we heard yesterday, can, act, can result in 24 stitches lengthwise. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, Tim. See? Welcome to my world. Everybody coming up. Yeah, I'll be out there that's stitching. People are telling me that it's bad luck to give someone an empty um, money-holding device and that you need to put a bill in it before you give it to me. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a thing that was just made up, so I gave you $20. Let's take a break. Back you after have dollar this. bills. Do I ever. Uh-huh. Uh, take a break. Back after this, uh, Steve Kastenbaum coming up, Bob Costantini, Tim Riley, the new news hour, and all of that. Stuart Cameron. Emerson radio program. Are you going to play that song? I think I've got it. Wait, hold on a second. Alright. I think this is the I think this this is the right video. Let's see here. Ladies and gentlemen, Ray, I give you I, I gotta hope this works. I give you Ray Parker Jr. Alright. No, damn it. <laughs> of course that's not it. Wait. Oh, really? He wrote this? Yeah. I'm shooting text. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, Ray Parker Jr. All right. And oh. he, he wrote that, unless you ask Huey Lewis, who will tell That's you that awesome. he, in fact, simply stole it from I Want a New Drug. Uh. They are they are almost identical, and the Huey Lewis song did come out six months earlier. So, all right, now, 
There was all this awkwardness during the break, so apparently it is bad luck to give somebody an empty money clip. Well, should I give you the box back, too? No, no, it's fine. So And so then Sarah tossed me the money clip that I just gave her for her birthday. And then also gave me, tossed some money at me to put in it, but I don't think that works. And now I'm obliged to put my own money in it. Okay, so here we go. I'm inserting a dollar. Thank you, Rick. Into the money clip. And there you go. Happy birthday. Bada Thank bing. you very much. All right. Very much. Uh, I can't uh, maybe. You need Trazodone, Sarah. <laughs> uh, it's 503-733-2970. Uh, we will talk to Steve Kastenbaum here in just a moment. And then I have to... Before I post something else on the net, and I posted the picture of this person from PGE, and I do kind of feel bad for the person, but I mean, it, it really is an odd-looking advertisement. So if you go to rickemerson.com, you'll see this PGE ad that I'm talking about. I have something else, but before I post it, I really have to run it by you, and you you will tell me whether or not I should post it. Okay. It's I'm really, uh, I don't, I haven't made up my mind yet. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? Oh, this is Dave up here in the Gresham. Yes. Uh, man, I was on tricyclic antidepressants once, and uh, trazodone, also known as Desrel, is one of the worst. You know, I'm always a little envious of and suspicious of people who call up who are not medical professionals who have like a physician's desk reference kind of knowledge just in their head about all kinds of drugs. <laughs> well, I've taken it upon myself to be knowledgeable of the crap these doctors shove at me when yes. uh, I come in with you know, these small psychotic breaks. You do understand I'm just taking this because I can't seem to sleep at night, right? Yeah, but I have noticed that since uh, you've been taking it, and I don't know when you started taking it, but you seem to be really more bitchy than usual. Well, let me ask you this. <laughs> when did you notice the bitchiness start? Um, I don't know. I think it was. Oh, it came along with your extraordinary uh, curiosity of uh, various coprophagic um so uh, I'm just saying, so in your estimation, give just ballpark figure, when did I start becoming more bitchy? Last Friday. <laughs> well, the, the interest in, the, uh, in that which cannot be named came way before that, by the way. Oh. So I should tell you that I actually didn't even start taking the drug, I mean, as far as the show goes, until Monday. So okay, well, if you notice me being more bitchy on Friday, that's uh, either me being more bitchy or you, lack just, of sleep, you projecting, which, sir. Well, it could just be your lack of sleep, and I can, I can really honestly understand how crappy that is because if you don't get any sleep you don't dream if you don't dream you don't if you don't sleep. dream you don't live <laughs> you cannot true. fly you cannot fly that's yeah. true all right well uh if uh yeah, whatever you're on now isn't strong enough by the way you really you, well i I'm, I'm dying i'm the dying guy oh now oh. i now i feel terrible you have to bring that up at the beginning <laughs> you have to say that at the beginning of the you have to say that at the top of the call otherwise what's the problem you sound no, it's down it's much more fun to listen to you backpedal after i mention it i was just going to say it sounds like you need some more pep but you know oh, no well i'm on oxycontin and blood thinners and all kinds of Oxycontin, crap. now that's the time-release, long-lasting stuff, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. On that's what everyone gets addicted to. Now, I'm see, on the 40 milligrams, and I uh, am, I just took my last one, and FedEx hasn't arrived yet. Oh, I'm sorry. So uh, uh, so do you have a bottle of whiskey on standby or something for that? No, but i got a quart jar of information right here. Fantastic. Now, I don't mean to seem morbid, uh, but it is a while back that you and I first uh, you called up the show and we talked, and you did say that you were... Um, oh, that was two heart attacks ago, dude. You did say that you were, I think the phrase you used was terminal. Now, if I, if I may ask this, now is there, um, I mean, do you, is there, is there an expected an timeline? Has the doctor told you exactly what length of novels you ought to be reading at this point? Well, let's see. I'm reading Judas Unchanged by Peter F. Hamilton, and I haven't been able to get past Chapter 2. Um, 
let's see. They're saying something like 2013, but I'm, you know, I, I've been told also by other people. Well, like, 2013, that's like six years from now. Yeah, well, I, I don't believe that I'm terminal because I don't have anything stamped on my butt that says expires on, you know, and I'm just trying to live. But uh, it's it's tough. I mean, when you got to take all this pharmacopoeia of crap that the psychiatrists and the and the doctors and and the cardiologists and all these other health guessers. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If I were there, I would suggest a strong cup of coffee to go with that. You just uh, that well, that would be my own observation. Sir. I can't drink coffee with all the other crap. Oh, see, that's there. You go. That's just. See, I know. I know. That's I, I, I love breaker for me. I love coffee. I love chocolate. I love you know anything that changes my brain chemistry short of alkaloids. Okay, I would only make this observation, I think Sarah touched on this, that really you should identify yourself as the guy who is, quote, dying at the beginning of the call, because otherwise I'm just going to step right into some sort of, what? come on, what? Cat got your tongue? Why the long face? And then it's just going to be awkward for everybody. I was told that life begins at fifty, and uh, <laughs> no, so far, no, no, that's a no. That that's that's not true. <laughs> All right, my friend, enjoy the rest of your day. I'm trying to. Yeah, well, the quart jar will help. There you go. That's a Dave. All right, fantastic. Well, what? That was awkward. I know. Ah, you're on the Rick. Hey, where is um? I don't know. It's frustrating. You know, this is every single. I'm not trying to. Do I sound bitchy the last few days? I don't think that I do. No. I think I sound perfectly pleasant. No, you but sound I, fine. I will say the last couple of days, uh, the 11:35 CNN guest has just not materialized. So that's what makes. There. Well, so okay. Richie is calling out at the moment. Well, we'll find out. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How's it going? What's up? Hey, so will you be attending the uh, Ozzy Osbourne concert tomorrow? Uh, you know, I'm waiting to find out about that. I, uh, I, I'm trying to, uh, as they say, uh, get get the hook up <gasps> Is here. Is he going to be in the studio? Uh, he's not coming back in. I talked to Bozik about it. Um, he's coming. It, Ozzy and Rob Zombie are in town tomorrow. He was in. Uh, he came by the radio station a few weeks ago, and, you know, he just no reason. He just sort of dropped in out of the blue, and he actually did cut, uh, he cut, a, little, uh, he cut a little thing for us here. With, Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne, and you're listening to the Rick Emerson show. Emerson. There you go. He's yeah, yeah. back in town tomorrow, but he's not coming by the studio. The short answer to your question is maybe. Uh, it, I might be uh, you know trying to get the get the hook up through KUFO, but I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I'm so. a, I'm extremely stoked about the show. I'm a long, long, long time fan, and I managed to get six row from the stage. Really? Oh, yeah. good for you. Fantastic. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, it wouldn't really be for me at this point because I've seen Ozzy uh, a whole bunch of times, and uh, you know, you know, some good, some not so good. It really, at this point, as weird as this sounds, would be for my wife because uh, I took my wife to see Corn a few years ago because I felt like she'd never really seen the metal culture. But Corn is, especially at that point, at like 2000 or 1999, that was kind of its own slice of the metal world. I, uh, I want my wife to go and see like a real hard rock slash metal concert at some point, and so. This is really just so she can go and observe like metal guy in his in his natural environment. So exactly. if I'm able to swing it tomorrow, it's going to be for her sake. Hey, and Riga, one more thing. Yeah. Uh, since we're talking about your uh, fantastic ideas, you keep uh, giving us all the time. Uh huh. Nobel pain prize. Excellent idea. See, in your face, everybody mm -hmm. who's not me. All right. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Thanks. All right. By the way, uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City, Steve Kasimov. Let me just say this. So that that joke I made earlier. The Baywatch joke. Apparently, now the reason, and I got this off the email, about half the people thought I was referring to Scott Bayo, which is also kind of funny. There, maybe that that ought to be the skit. So instead of Baywatch, where it's David Hasselhoff fighting the monster Grendel, maybe it would be Scott Bayo fighting the monster Grendel and his mother. Bayo Wolf.
Beowulf. <laughs> Hello, Steve. How are you? I knew you were waiting for me to laugh. No, I'm just saying I was waiting for someone, somewhere. This is like the seventh time he's told that I joke. Keep, I, look, I believe in this joke. I think it's funny. I'm going to keep bringing it back hour after hour, day after day, until people recognize it's genius. I had this idea that there would be David Hasselhoff in a Speedo, running along a Scandinavian beach with a sword, uh, fighting Grendel's mother who was in a bikini. And then you would, you know, call it, you know, Bale Watch. <laughs> Oh, you, uh, fine, fine. I'm moving on for the rest of this hour. Hey, Steve, how are you? I'm good. Do you really? Is this charity laughter that I'm getting now, or are you simply laughing at the flailing around in this comedic pool that I'm doing? I'm laughing at the attempt to <laughs> comedy history. Uh-huh. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much. Laughing at the attempt. Is that like when you watch, like, uh, uh, is that like uh, laughing at someone's attempt to uh, to pole vault when they end up impaling themselves on the end of the rod or something? You go, well, it was a funny attempt. All right. Hey, um, is... is to watch a video over like that over and over again, you know? Oh, dude, well, that's the whole reason the Internet was created. Hey, if you ever want to kill, like, about 35, 40 minutes, go to YouTube and just type in something like javelin accident or just... Uh, <laughs> I've done this uh, on the air where we've just we've just picked. I think we did this. We either did this on the air or I thought about doing it on the air. But in my personal life, like if I'm home and I got time to kill, I will totally go to YouTube and I will just type in you know, bowling injury or just you type in. It's like a Mad Libs thing. It's, it's like a one from column A, two from column B. You type in a sport and then a type of mishap, and you you know so you got like a you know like discus maiming, and then you type it in, you'll get something. Have, have I ever told you about my favorite one on, on YouTube? No. Afro Ninja. Now, what is... I mean, it might be self-explanatory, but what is Afro Ninja? It's classic. It's this guy who's got the camera on him. He's in a black belt outfit. He's got a couple of nunchucks. And he's obviously getting ready to impress us with his incredible, uh, you know, kung fu type abilities uh, and uh, martial arts abilities, and he starts off by trying to do one of these flips uh-huh. where he just jumps up and flips over in midair, but instead of uh, actually, you know, la- uh, sticking it at the end... I like lands, where this is going. He lands flat on his face, oh. and but then, like, he tries to act like everything's okay, and he goes tries to go on with the nunchucks, uh-huh. but he starts he stands up quickly and starts falling off to the side as he's doing the nunchucks thing because he obviously knocked himself unconscious That's almost. Fantastic. And you hear him, like, fall into something, and it sounds like a bunch of cymbals crashing or something like that off camera. <laughs> Is Afro Ninja one word or two, sir? Uh, two words. Oh. Afro Ninja. I never get tired of watching okay. that one. In Is fact, it a, it's the, you, you'll laugh. It, to the best of your knowledge, is it clean, free of profanity? Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. By the way, I just put in Javelin Accident into YouTube, and I got 57 hits. So there are 57 different videos of Javelin Accidents right there. There's a classic one with a, with a, yeah, with a judge getting stuck right in the chest with a Javelin, yeah. See, and I like the fact that you can, I can alley and you sort of oop. Like I mentioned Javelin Accidents, and you not only know what I'm talking about, you have a favorite. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> oh, here we go, Afro Ninja. Now, yeah. this says it's about 18 seconds long. That's all. It's 18 seconds of pure okay. comedy. I'm watching it right now as we speak. Let's see here. I am going to Afro Ninja. All right. Mm-hmm. And. That is fantastic, Sarah. Did you watch this, Tim? 
Everybody come gather around the computer. Everybody go to YouTube and type in Afro, A-F-R-O, Ninja. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, the, the sound effects are what make this, too. But you'll, you'll, when he falls the second time, just know that there's a sound like he fell into a bunch of crockery. All right. It sounds like he fell into a drum kit. It sounds like he fall, like... fell into a drum kit, like, like he yeah. fell into Shecky Green. All right. Here we go. Oh, my God. That is fantastic. Okay. Is that not the best? <laughs> okay, and wait for it though. <laughs> oh, and then he says, "Yeah, I'm okay." I'm okay. Oh, that second fall, and you're right. It's like they have a whole. It's like Gene Krupa is right off the side of the camera, and he just crashes into a drum kid. It's Jesus. just amazing how he tries to pull it off as if nothing happened. Oh, I'm, I'm okay. I'm fine, baby. And then he just goes off on this angle. He totally loses it. His legs Jesus. go out. Jesus. That is fantastic. That's the funniest thing I've seen in about a week. Oh, yeah. I never get tired. It never gets old. Oh, I'll post it on my blog. Please do. Jesus, yeah. that is fantastic. <laughs> I don't even know what we were going to talk about, but it's not as interesting as that. That's wonderful. Does um, Sarah find this stuff as humorous as you and I do? <laughs> oh, I think so. And Slightly humorous, not not as funny as and, Rick. <laughs> and, then, and then Tim Riley, our news director, has a special fondness for people looking really, really dumb on YouTube. We have this great... A clip from a few weeks ago, and it was a woman. Um, where did we figure out she was, Tim? The the woman on the online, the television sort of dating call-in show. Where what country? Sweden. Was it? Sweden. Um, it's a woman hosting a sort of Sabado Higante type program on Swedish television, and it's like a call-in sort of dating show or whatever. And she is speaking, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, is overcome by this unbelievably quick nausea, and she just hurls. Ooh. Right on camera, but then, but then, just like this guy, she immediately comes back up, and she says something like, um, she says something like, um, oh, I'm sorry, I, I have bad menstrual cramps, and so, <laughs> and that's her explanation for the fact that she just vomited for no reason. So there you go. Anyway, it's, uh, yeah, we, we love things like that. Fantastic. I never get tired of. Oh, I'm gonna watch that a hundred more times today. Afro Ninja on YouTube. Afro Ninja. Yeah, that's it. Um, well, I, I'll only do half of what we're gonna talk about here because it would just be too much of a, of a, of a weird shift of tones. But, so the, the scary Pope is coming, uh, to the U.S., I guess, in April. And they, what did they, they had you out speaking to the people about this. Yeah, I went out to, to St. Patrick's Cathedral, but clearly Afro Ninja is much more important. No, <laughs> well, it really is. But I, you know, as a fallen Catholic, I have to at least momentarily pretend that I care about the Pope. Yeah, I went out to uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral to talk to folks about this because you know um, Pope John Paul II came to the U.S. a total of seven times while he was uh, the Pontiff. Right. And so this is the first time uh, Pope Benedict XVI is coming here. He's going to do. Uh, he's going to do a public mass at the new National Stadium in Washington, D.C. He's going to meet uh, with the president at the White House, and then he's going to come to New York, speak at the U.N. He's going to visit Ground Zero and then celebrate another public mass at Yankee Stadium. And uh, so, I mean, is this just, I, I, I don't know, is this because they're just sort of aware that, uh, you know, that people either, A, aren't aware that there's a new pope, or, B, they find him a little creepy, and so this is sort of some PR thing that the church is doing? I got to tell you, his predecessor was an extremely hard act to follow. You know, He's a, well, he was a very personable man and and toured up until almost the very end. Right. Yeah. So this guy, I don't know what he could do to endear himself to the people in the way that uh, uh, John Paul II did. It, it was it's extremely difficult to to be loved the way that man was. But uh, you know, he's certainly trying hard and. 
uh, you know, for, for Catholics here in the U.S., there's over 64 million. Right. It's, it's a very big deal. You know, when he's here, that means that, uh, you know, you, the Catholic population here in New York will gather in very large numbers. You know, usually you only see a few hundred at a time at a, at a big church service, maybe a thousand or so. So it's, it is a big deal. I mean, it, it will create an incredible amount of, of spiritualness here in New York as, as folks who are like-minded gather together and, and see that there are others like them, and there are a lot of other folks who believe the way they do. So it's it's uplifting in that way, in that way, and it's a big deal. Yeah. It would help if he didn't look like. Here's what I here's what he looks like. Pope Benedict the what is it? Pope the thirteenth. The sixteenth. Yeah. He looks like an evil Geppetto from Pinocchio. <laughs> like if you picture Geppetto, but if you can, like in, instead of Geppetto saying like I will now carve a living boy out of wood. Like if you can picture <laughs> Geppetto saying like you know you and, and you will burn in the hellfire for all eternity and. You know, get me yeah. a bratwurst. Like, that's what the Pope looks like to me. So. Well, he has really sunken eyes, and I think that's yes. what uh, gives him his appearance. Yes, it's, it's though he's he kind of looks like a zombie Pope, sort of. And that's my observation. I'm not asking you to laugh at that. I don't want you to violate your journalistic uh, ethos. I'm simply saying, that. sort of, you know, sort of a, like if like if George Romero were in charge of picking the pontiff. Uh, we should probably just end this conversation now. I could see that. But let me just let me just say though, whatever else came out of this conversation, good or bad, that Afro Ninja thing is the best thing I have ever seen. Again, you have to watch it with the sound up because it, that's fifty percent of it. I'm going to watch it one more time right now as we end this segment. Hold on, I'm now turning up the sound on Afro Ninja. I'll shut up. Okay. Oh, here we go. This is just a, it's just genius. I, this really is what technology is for. I mean, there's just no getting around that. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, of course. Now it's for an 18-second clip. It, of course, it's, it has to take uh, forever to. Uh, Everybody probably looking at it. Of course, I've, I've crashed the Afro Ninja site. Yeah. Oh. Oh, it's pausing halfway through the uh, halfway through the jump. Let me try it one more time. Here. Yeah, that's what's going on. Everybody's going to check it out now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just right, man, just face down. Just absolutely did right into it, and then. I'm okay. No, I'm okay, baby. Don't worry about me. That is wonderful. That's- that's one of the best face plants I've ever seen. Oh, you are doing the Lord's work, Steve Kastenbaum. All right, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll talk to you soon. See you. There you go. Steve Kastenbaum in uh, New York City. Oh, my God. That is just, that is unbelievable. You never laugh harder than when people are getting seriously injured. Wait. <laughs> it's up on my blog. Sit down, sit down, sit down. Don't try to stand up. Oh, no. Don't. Is that on, is that on your blog, Tim? I have to post that on my blog. Jesus. Oh, that is so great. Oh, and it's just, it's perfect. I mean, it's like you, you couldn't, you couldn't, I, I, I don't care if you are making that from scratch as like a CGI uh, video. You couldn't have made that more perfect. And when he does that flip and he just... Normally when you think of a face plant and then I believe this is Bob Costantini uh, with whom we will speak in a moment. Normally when, when, when you do a face plant you, you picture somebody sort of 
standing up and they sort of trip and they sort of fall forward and maybe their face hits the ground or their nose or whatever, but they're sort of like their knees hit the ground. They're not. Per th he is. He, you know what he hits this like? He hits the ground like wild E. Coyote. I mean, it's absolutely just, but just absolutely flat, parallel, like an Afro Ninja Horizon. Just absolutely horizontally perfect. Bam into the ground, and that's just the alley. The oop is when he stands up, and he tries. I'm okay, and it, he's saying I'm okay as he is losing his footing and careening off camera into like a pile of cookware or something that's offside. And don't try to stand up. Don't try to stand up. Jesus. All right. Today rules already. Um, and I don't think that's just the Trazodone talking. Ladies and gentlemen, let's now welcome, I think, to the Rick Emerson program from the Hill. Hello, Rick. Hi, Bob. How are you? How are you today, sir? Just fine. I apologize fine, for any uh, inconvenience. We ran a little late with Steve Kastenbaum, and then I, sure. I think our screener was had stepped out. So how's life? How are things, Bob? That's all right. I just heard uh, somebody crashing all over the place. Oh, my so. God. Did you... Uh, did, I don't know how often you go online. I don't know how often you go on the Internet. Steve Kastenbaum <laughs> pointed us toward the best YouTube video I have ever seen right. in my life. <laughs> it is That good, huh? It is. You saw it. it was, I mean, did you hear with the sound up? No. You got to watch it with the sound up. Okay. You can do that while I'm talking to you, Bob. Right. It's, you'll, I mean, Bob, I'm going to put this on my website later on. You can check right. it out. Uh, I look forward right. to it. <laughs> okay, let me just stop and just become serious for a moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And okay, um, well, and there actually is some uh, uh, some news, although I can never really kind of discern what the true meaning of a lot of this text is. But just coming on the heels of Veterans Day, so is it? Now, have I misread this? Are they, when they say they're going to be bringing troops home or scaling things back, I, I never know what that really means in terms of how many and what the timeline is, and are these regular troops or are these troops who were just there for the surge? I know there's some kind of drawdown they were talking about. What's, what is happening? Well, the, uh, the word is that the Pentagon is um, planning on bringing back a uh, brigade of soldiers um, to Fort Hood, Texas, and then, uh, starting early next year, another four brigades are going to be scheduled to come home. So we're talking about potentially thousands of uh, U.S. forces uh, that would be part of a redeployment effort. The belief here, uh, Rick, is that the surge, uh, which has been going on through much of the year, and which of which was taken stock back in September and October, um, the, belief, the belief is that the surge is having some effect on bringing violence down in certain areas of uh, Iraq. And so what is it? This sounds like a silly question. But what are the benchmarks by which they calculate that? Is that attacks on U.S. forces, attacks on Iraqis by other Iraqis, the, the, the weapons that they find cached around? How do they judge that? As far as the U.S. is concerned, um, they are measuring, and we got a news release yesterday, uh, about uh, rocket and mortar attacks in Iraq have dropped to the lowest levels since February of 2006. Um, and that is when there was a major uptick in the violence uh, between Sunnis and Shiites. Um, so this is, the, you know, the, the, the military is looking at it from a standpoint, well, the, uh, the American forces are coming under fewer attacks, and there seems to be less sectarian violence, and particularly in Baghdad, um, where Prime Minister Nouri al-Maliki says that the situation is uh, uh, coming under control, he seems to think. Um, 
There are people being killed there. This is not, you know, Pollyanna-ish. Sure. But uh, there are things that... Uh, uh, there are indications that, yes, the violence is starting to come down and that the uh, so-called surge has had some effect. Um, and, of course, there is politics involved in this. You can't get away from it sure. because 2008 is an election year, and this is the scenario that uh, White House uh, and uh, Capitol Hill Republicans were hoping to have to sort of uh, you know, lessen the war as far as an issue is concerned for next year. All right, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your day. We will talk to you soon. My Thank pleasure. You, sir. There you go. Thank Ladies you. and gentlemen, CNN radio correspondent, Firebrand. Gustin TV. All right, there you go. That was a weird grunt. Let's. Uh, did you see the video? I did. That's With hilarious. The of course, I'm laughing as he's talking about the troops. I know it was un- unfortunate. I've, oh. I didn't realize my microphone was on. Yeah, well, what can you do? What can you do? Uh, yeah, that's hilarious with the sound. You should go to rickemerson.com, by the way. I have posted Afro Ninja, courtesy of Steve Kastenbaum. Um, it, it, I mean, that's... It's, he falls on his face and then gets up, and he's trying to do the nunchuck thing and just full-on takes out something. And Yeah, and I want to know what's off to to stage left. What is off to, to you know that he falls into? Probably like lighting equipment and stuff. It's, I have to watch it one more time. I know that we're watching a video on the air and that most people can't see it, but I would encourage you now to go to rickemerson.com. There's really? nothing vulgar. There's anything. nothing vulgar. It is totally safe for work. It is totally and completely safe for work. And then we will take a break. We'll come back with Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. I have to watch this once more. All right, here we go. God, I hope it... Of course, I've sent everybody there. We do the, the meeting, of course, it's, it's going to take forever to buffer. Buffer. Oh, of course it's. Uh, oh, that's me. I I did that. Um, and he just looks so totally determined. He just looks. <laughs> I think I've turned my sound off. All right, there we go. Well, this is not really paying off the way that I thought it would. Oh, oh, and I have to pause it right there just to say that is. I mean, that's the all-time faceplant. I mean, you've never, you've never seen a faceplant that good. All right, and here comes the second half as he careens off camera into a pile of something. <laughs> oh yeah, don't try to get up, man. Oh, okay. We'll take a break here. Back after this, Tim Riley, have you prepared news for us? Yes, it's ready. Wonderful. Ah, uh, goddamn. You know, life really is just great sometimes. It really is. All right. Maybe that is the Trazodone talking. I never say things like that. Well, whatever it is, I like it. Back after this with Tim Riley. Emerson Radio Program. Ladies, gentlemen, friends, Romans, countrymen, please pay heed to your new god, Tim Riley. Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Oh my goodness, I have so many things here that I don't know in which category to begin. Local, regional, national, international. Would you like to flip a coin? No. Okay. I think I've already made my decision. Okay. We have... Okay. First, uh, we we have this uh, young lass who uh, speaks out about uh, being apparently planted 
to ask uh, Hillary Clinton a question. Now, this was it. What it was some debate or some Hillary Clinton, not a yeah. debate, but whatever, like a public forum or something mm-hmm. she did, and it, it, it and then so a woman stands up, she asks a question, and then it turns out that she was a plant, and she was put there to she was planted there to ask a question just so Hillary could like hit it out of the park, mm-hmm. which. I guess, don't you just sort of assume that they all do that? She was told what, yeah, it's a, well, it's anywhere, really. I mean, the last, I mean, yeah. Freaking freaks and geeks. Exactly. Television is television. And every time that George Bush, and I'm not going to pick on the the Republican, but every time George Bush and Dick Cheney came to town, uh, they would not only plant people, we were told, but they would actually screen people out. Uh, you know, Same thing and, when Al Gore came to town. Exactly. So if you were going to ask some questions like, Al Gore, you're just making up all of this global warming crap. Like, it was, you were never going to get to ask that question no. because they would just, you know, uh, you know, they would some guy uh, would screen you beforehand. Anything that happens in public is rehearsed. It's all for television. Well, just like The Price is Right. Everybody thinks that on The Price is Right, and I hate to shatter your remaining illusions, uh, but everybody thinks on The Price is Right that when Rod Roddy or whoever, just in that, whoever it is now, is it who is it since Drew Carey? Took over the show. Anybody know? I haven't watched it. Drew Carey took over the show a month ago? Something like that? I guess so. I think it's Mr. Peterman. From Seinfeld? From Seinfeld. I'm pretty sure. Oh, how sad. Well, I guess it's job security. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the, the, when he says, you know, uh, John McKenzie, come on down. Everybody thinks that's random. It's not. They do all kinds of pre-interviews beforehand, um, which is why it always ends up being a bunch of housewives a pregnant woman, and a Marine. That's the demographic they always go to because they've somehow figured out that's what America wants to see, and they pre-screen you beforehand to see if you're funny, right? Isn't that the deal? So, anyway, so this girl was planted by the Hillary people. Right. So uh, she's a college student, and her name is Muriel Gallo-Kassanoff, 19-year-old sophomore from Grinnell College of Grinnell, Iowa. Now, you'd think this would be the highlight of her life coming from Grinnell. Uh, let's see. Uh, she was told uh, what specific questions to ask, she said. Uh, she was supposed to ask if uh, mm. the senator, let's see, it was an energy question. And this happened at uh, Newton, Iowa on November 6th. So let's see what this uh, young lady has to say about this. I thought it was a, a great opportunity. I mean, wow. she really might be our next president, and I definitely wanted to hear her. Wow. And I have been trying to go to as many things as I can. I went to the Harkin Steak Fry. That was really cool. She sounds really smart. And, um, the Hillary campaign, like the student campaign, was advertising it on campus and so that they would give anyone rides who wanted to go. And so you took so, a ride. So I got a ride. Well, the, on the, way over the use of judicious the car, editing for this interview would have been helpful. I would ask the senator a question. I said, sure, you know, I'd love to ask her a question. And when we got there, we were there a little bit early. And then we, we had lunch, and then we went to the Galleria, and I bought some clogs, and, and I was going to get some Crocs. And I wanted to ask. And I kind of thought about it, and I said, yeah, um, can I ask how her energy plan compares to the other candidates' energy plans? This is such a snooze. And I said, well, I don't think that's a good idea, Wally. because I don't know how familiar she is with their plans. And then he showed me in his binder... <laughs> He had a piece of paper that had typed out questions on it. Get to the point! And the top one was planned specifically for a college student. So, like, college student. When I asked him how it worked, oh. he said, Part 12. Raise your hand. When when she asks for questions, raise your hand, and she'll call on you. Uh-huh. That's how it works. So, I mean... So, you raise... Let me hold on. I, let me understand. No. You're going a mile a minute. You raise your hand... Mm-hmm. And then they call on you. That's correct. That's I just go by and go. It's such a blinding speed to this interview that I'm losing bits of information. Mm-hmm. No, for sure that she knew in advance. But there were like 200 people there, and everyone was raising their hand. 
<laughs> now, do we not know? This is like listening to someone interview a post. Do we not know that this goes on? Everybody plants questions. When, 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 uh, when we went to see Peter Jennings uh, a couple years ago, do that town hall. We were we lucky all, to be permitted in the auditorium. Yeah, yeah they let goddamn plastic-ass Lars on stage, uh, and, and yet not us. And the us. people at K2. And we worked for the same company. And I we, know that Tim and I complained about this once a month. I know we do. Years after the fact, we complained <laughs> about this. the fact. That they wouldn't let us on stage. Fisher or, hates us. They wouldn't even let us ask him a question, and we worked for the same friggin' company at the time. Um, but they pre-screened all those questions for Peter Jennings. And, and, and they very phonally gave us an index card to write questions on. And, you know, they threw them in the garbage. It's just yeah. television. And and plus, I would, I mean, uh, I would have more of a problem with this if it was like at some debate or something or at a press conference. But it's not. It's it's a Hillary PR event. Yes. It And as you said, television is television. Hucksterism anyway. is hucksterism. Yes. So. That's that. Really, I, I, I'm so tired of hearing that girl talk already. I just. I Well, I, I've, uh, I've deleted that. Okay, thank you. And, and, and my question is. It, I guess that it sounds like they're trying to make a really a tempest out of this teacup because it's it. I mean, it sounds like she went there and they said, "Hey, can you ask Hillary this question?" And she did. She doesn't seem particularly bright or incensed by this. She doesn't seem upset about it. No. So I, I guess I thought this was somehow a much bigger story than it was. I'm now officially done with it. All right, screw that. Well, I, I think CNN is doing this because they've been accused uh, of. Uh, well, being asked to softball it to Hillary tonight. Well, there was that rumor. I should have asked Costantini about this to make him uncomfortable. There was this rumor that uh, Wolf Blitzer, there's a rumor that Wolf Blitzer has told people tonight, you know, it's not about dogpiling on Hillary. So I guess that the rumor was that Blitzer had told people in advance not to, like, screw Hillary on this thing. So uh, who cares? And I, I only have one more political story. All right. Because we all hate politics by this Seriously. Point. Uh, Fred Thompson, remember him? He no. has the backing oh, of the yeah. nation's largest pro-life organization. Right. In his quest to be president, National Right to Life President Wanda Franz. National White to Life? Right oh, to okay. Life right. President. Well, she's probably white anyway. Wanda Franz says they've endorsed Thompson, citing his strong pro-life voting record during his eight years in the Senate. Our endorsement is a testament to Senator Thompson's longstanding pro-life record, uh -huh. his commitment to protecting yeah. unborn children, and our belief in his ability to win. They think he's going to win? How is that possible? It's not possible. They say he's on uh, their side in regard to stem cell research. Thompson has also stated his opposition to the kind of stem cells research that requires killing human research. embryos, while supporting the kind of stem cell research that harms no one and is the kind that produces treatment and cures. Jesus. What? Aren't they, I don't know. Aren't these, uh, I'm, I'm going to make this one question. I think we all know what these are. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, never, I'm just going to withdraw the question because I don't really care. No. I don't, I, ju I just don't. So Let's talk about a strangler instead. And Fred Thompson's never going to win anything. They're just busy dividing up the vote. And then Hillary will win in a walk. That's it. Um, yeah. Well, let's. Uh, yeah. Let's just instead talk about the. Uh, we're talking about what? A uh, strangler. Strangler in Vancouver. Okay. Vancouver. Yeah. I barely knew her. After searching all night, the cops found and captured the man they believe strangled a woman to death. It all started when a man living at 5706 Northeast 58th Avenue called police and said there was someone inside his home bleeding from both wrists. When they arrived, they found a trail of blood leading into a room of the house. Inside the room, a dead woman in her 20s. It was obvious she was a victim of a strangler. 
The man who had been bleeding from his wrist had disappeared by the time deputies got there. Well, apparently they uh, believed this guy took off on foot around 8 o'clock. So they broke up into groups and formed a manhunt. The suspect turned himself in and asked for help because he was bleeding from the wrist. The officers found this guy. Let's see what his name is here. Larry F. Vanichuk. 43, and from California, mind you. Of course. They come up here to commit crimes in the fair city of Vancouver. America's come over Vancouver. The, come over the border into our fair neighbor to the north. Mm-hmm. He was treated for wrist injuries and then booked on homicide. So, uh... Then that self-proclaimed pedophile from California says he will leave uh, Portland after moving here from that our neighbor to the south, and, well, not being treated as nicely as he he's, would hope. He's not, found the, he's not found it to his liking. Uh, he said the treatment he received last week from Portland's transit police forced him to return to L.A. What is this guy's name? John McClellan. Oh, he's the guy. Uh, Jack McClellan. He's the guy that was a picture. He's the guy that they had right behind the KEX mic flag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought he was their new morning man. You <laughs> <laughs> see his picture up on billboards. Oh, it was fantastic. It was John McClellan, who's been on, and all they said was this. They didn't put it, they didn't say like, I saw this when I was watching Coin for the Jenkum story. They didn't say John McClellan, who's been, you know, like interviewed by various news programs. They said, John McClellan, who's been on the radio, and then they show him sitting in the KEX studio behind the KEX mic flag. Take that, Bob Miller. <laughs> fantastic. I mean, and it's, you I know, think that's the best thing they can do. And here's why it's great. Here's why it's great, because you and I, we all know, we've talked about this, that when the television people come to do stories on radio, what you want to do, here's a little behind the scenes. Whenever a news station, a TV station, is going to come film something at a radio station, like when Ozzy was here a few weeks ago, Marconi was interviewing him, immediately, Susan Reynolds and, and, the, and, and, and the promo folks, they all leap into action, and whatever room they're going to be filming in, they plaster every available surface with the station logo. Even with the closest close-up, you can't avoid it. No, it, that's the whole thing. It's every single space in the studio is covered with the logo because they want to make sure that the TV camera picks up the logo to get a little advertising on the station. But somehow TV people have this weird spidey sense, so they can, they're can they somehow able to zoom in and film you, and the logo never makes it onto television. So you're like, hey, I'm going to be on the news tonight. They're going to, they, yeah, the station's going to be on TV, and they sit, sit down and you watch the newscast, and somehow the logo is never visible, and they always say, a local radio station, and they never actually use this. So, of course, when this pedophile is on TV, what do they have right in the middle of the screen? Huge KEX logo. KEX 1190, pedophile. So... That's the association you want. Well done. The new morning show. So anyway, uh, he's gone back to California. Uh-oh, it turned out Kelly Clarkson's uh, concert at the Paramount in Seattle last night wasn't so great. According to the Seattle Times music critic Patrick McDonald, who says the original American Idol came off as a second-rate rock singer, he also knows she sang most of these songs from Mind December, her latest release, which he describes as dismal. Uh, Clarkson managed to show off the graceful talent that made her a star, but he says most of the set consisted of Clarkson sounding like a dime store pet fedatar. Oh, that's a terrible thing to say about anybody. It is. All right. The OLCC will consider allowing young folks to enter live music clubs that sell alcohol. Uh, those with ties to the Portland music scene seem to uh, largely support the proposal, as do minors who like the jazz and indie bands. Yeah. Uh, kids are all into the jazz these days. The kids can't get enough of that Django Reinhardt. Uh, state rules limit minors to a few concert venues that don't serve alcohol. I thought that got overturned. I thought that that... No. I thought, like, five years ago, I thought they'd get rid of that. So as long as you weren't drinking, you could be there if it was for purposes of music. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever. 
They do say a place to stick their foot in to get young people into these venues for these concerts says Ken Palkey oh, of the OLCC. Ken Palkey, our, our, I want to say former friend, the guy but, we used to have him on the show. But we will make sure the booze and the young people don't get together. Fantastic. He's a huge Star Wars fan. So apparently this has something to do with the uh, somebody named Doug Fur in uh, Portland. <laughs> he, he told the Oregonian newspaper that uh, he supports the change if it would allow older teens into his uh, nightclub. But the focus, of course, is music and never alcohol. No, of course not. Young people don't go out to drink. That's a, that's a ruse. Uh, the Portland City Council will vote on the contentious issue of naming Interstate Avenue to Cesar Chavez Boulevard tomorrow. Here the commissioners say they're going to support the name change in spite of strong and vocal opposition from residents and businesses. Why don't they let the people who pay the taxes on that street decide? No, don't be crazy, Tim. Don't. Shouldn't the decision rest by people who pay the taxes to be there? Sowing discontent among the masses. Well, you know they're going to do it anyway. Cause they, yeah, well, they already decided a long time I mean, ago. They already did it. Was it the Rosa Parks thing? And again, I'm not yeah. down on Rosa Parks, but didn't they didn't they do that like in violation of every statute? And they just changed the sign? It was it was like, you know, when Lenin takes over a country, yeah. it'll be kept paved over. Yep. Everything suddenly Glorious Leader Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> well, wasn't that St. Petersburg that became Leningrad? Yep. Sure. Yeah. So it's back in isn't this a, like you just go to the bathroom and you come back out? Isn't this St. Petersburg? No, it's now Leningrad. No, I, but I live here. No, you now live in Leningrad. So, so I think being a taxpayer, although I'm not a taxpayer, if I had a business on that avenue, I would be the one who should be voting for it. Now, did we did we determine whether or not the businesses and people had to pay for their own change of address stuff? I would think so. I mean, does the city reimburse them, like if they have to get all their letterhead changed? Mm. Working in radio, we have to change all of our letterhead about once a month because yeah. because somebody will be fired or a station will change format. Mm -hmm. And so you have all this stuff that says, like, what did he used to say? Uh, what, Sarah, what was the, the station? What was 1067 when you listened to it? Was oh, K-Lite? K-Lite. So we have all this stuff that says K-Lite still. Oh, I mean you know. K-Lite. I mean, you know, I like K-Hits. It's a fine station, but there's all the stuff I that like says K-Lite that, like, that they, you know, they either got to throw away or, like, you know, right on the back of it. Um, is it nobody, you know, they're going to have to do all of this stuff if they if they live on what will become Safer Chavez Boulevard. So politicians basically do whatever they want to do, and... The only thing they do successfully is try to get reelected. If they do that, we should just, you know, everybody. Taxpayers be damned. I believe, I believe they should go. What can they do? They could do it. Not throwing tea in the harbor. What could they do? They should go throw something into something else. Hmm. I'm not sure what they could throw. Lettuce. Lettuce would be great. Because yeah. you know, Cesar Chavez unionized the lettuce pickers. That was oh, the that thing, would be great. right? He that was that was the end. Again, I'm not it's not like I'm opposed to honoring Cesar Chavez, but that was wasn't wasn't he the guy that did that? Well, at least give him a decent street. Didn't he unionize all of the yeah. lettuce harvesters in um, wherever? I thought it was just California, California but maybe yeah. it was here. Well, anyway, so they, they, if they're opposed to this, I'm just I'm not suggesting that they do this. But as you know, I have too many ideas to to, to get on one four hour radio program every day. Mm -hmm. Hence the. Uh, Bayo watch. So, uh, which does sound like we're doing a watch about Scott Bayo. I now recognize the flaw in that humor. Now, approximately 90 businesses have joined the group in opposition. And since this is a street of business and not really a residential street, shouldn't these be the people who are deciding? Well, no, the public be damned, say these uh, commissioners. Crazy talk. They're all the bums out. So I'm just saying, they're all those fat cats in Washington. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying that instead of it, because they can't do the Boston Tea Harbor thing, if they wanted to do something, and I'm not advocating this, maybe they can block the street with cases of lettuce. That'd be great. And then, no, 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 no. And this, okay, here you go. Here is the cherry on top. This is so great. They block the street with cases of lettuce. This is on uh, the what interstate? 
Yeah. Some stretch of interstate, not the whole thing, right? Just a stretch. Most well, all, all of Interstate Boulevard. They, okay, they, they so so here it is. So the business owners who are going to be affected by and financially impacted by this change to Cesar Chavez Boulevard, mm-hmm. they block the streets with lettuce, big boxes of it, and then they put up the big sign, let us decide. <laughs> I like that. Interst- genius. Interstate or Cesar Chavez Boulevard, mm-hmm. let us decide. Mm-hmm. And there's lettuce in the streets. Let us decide. I'm sure you get people to do it. People have to protest here. And it has different conclusions you can jump to. <laughs> All right. Let us decide. All right. I'm going to... We need to find... I need to talk to a business who is located on Interstate Boulevard well, that will be affected by this. I'm there just saying. Them against it. No, but I'm giving out the call now. If you um, uh, own, operate, work at, or a decision maker at, whatever, one of the businesses that's going to be affected by the interstate to Cesar Chavez Boulevard uh, name change, mm-hmm. which, again, it's like I'm, I'm not even opposed to it. It's just but they never go through the proper channels, right? No. Oh. And, so, and, they, and they don't actually ask any of the people who, who you know, like are on that businesses. street, like these 90 businesses, who I believe will have to bear the brunt of this cost that is being and shoved the on them by the man. Idiots. So, well, and... The council sucks. <laughs> Turn it up. And also this. Think about this. Think about the irony that Cesar Chavez, who in many ways, you know, was a very great man in the, you know, in, in the sense that he was able to, you know, to, to sort of get the labor movement together. And he really was on the forefront of that, especially in California. And give him a decent student and a brand new development. Well, and not only that, but think about this. Cesar Chavez, who spent uh, much of his life fighting the man. Mm-hmm. Um, this street is now being rammed through. Uh, by the same man against whom he fought. The same white man. The same the same white man that was the bane of his existence. Um, the they're now shoving white man with their trophy <laughs> wives <laughs> and their golf clubs. Um, they're now shoving through this change in violation, I do believe, of all of the, the government procedure the and the and the will, the will of, the, of people. the people. You know, Caesar would not want it this way. No, Caesar Chavez himself would not approve. No. Uh... So I'm not sure. Hey, Richie, or if you're in the, uh, yeah, so, so these are on auto answers. If you can see these, if you can just sort of uh, screen these. Well, we'll get that. Okay, yeah, I'll Down get that one. Down with the tall white man in his bag of tricks. <laughs> I charge the white man. I should have, I should have brought, I'll bring in my Malcolm X speech tomorrow. That's what I'll start tomorrow with. That sounds great. My, that Malcolm X speech. Because that, they're, they're voting on Thursday, so we have plenty of time to protest this. That's a great speech that Denzel gives in Malcolm X, which is a fantastic film, by the way. Whatever, whatever your grandfather may tell you, Malcolm X is a is a fantastic movie. There is that uh, there's that hilarious and great, and because it's just so over the top, it's like every Spike Lee moment all rolled together into one, where Denzel is that you know I charge the white man with being the greatest adulterer and swine eater on this earth. That's fantastic. I'm totally playing that tomorrow. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How's it going? Hello, sir. How are you? Uh, now, do you own a business that will be impacted by this uh, name change? Yes, I do. Now, uh, now, are you being truthful about this? You are the owner yes. or decision maker? Yes, I am. All right. Now, you don't need to identify the business. What kind of business is this? Uh, it's a glass art shop. A glass, a glass art shop. Is this functional art? Uh, if you want. Yeah, sure. All as right. well as non-functional art. So this is uh, yes. Yeah, so Sarah's like yeah. No, this is Interstate Boulevard, which I think they're going to change. Yeah. So uh, so so let me ask you this. So if they do this thing where they they rename it as Cesar Chavez Boulevard, which I guess is fine in the abstract, but if they if they just sort of right now, have you been asked to vote on this or to weigh in on this? Uh, there were like uh, town meetings or like neighborhood meetings or whatever, but uh-huh. no, there hasn't been any actual vote. 
Now, if they, uh, when you say a town meeting, was this uh, for you guys to make the decision, or was this just for the man to hear what you had to say about it? And pretend uh, <laughs> I don't think it, it was mostly just so that, uh, you know, people could stand around and, and complain to each other, mostly. <laughs> like an Amway meeting. So, exactly. Um, now, how is this going to infa- impact you? Are you going to have to change all of your letterhead business cards, everything? All that stuff. Not to mention, you know, the Max runs along this uh, the Interstate Avenue, and they're talking about uh, extending the Max into Vancouver. So, you know, that would technically be the Interstate Max line. You know, except now it's going to be the Cesar Chavez Max is, line. Now, is the so. city going to is the city going to cover the cost to your business of renaming the street? Oh, what does the city pay for? I mean, no, they're not going to do that. Of no. course not. No, of course no. not. Why would they bother to do that? Why they should, don't even care. No, why should the government actually cover causes that they themselves uh, have incurred upon your business? All right. Right, so exactly. So, again, I'm not saying you should do this. I'm simply observing that Cesar Chavez himself, and, and again, I do say this, I, I do not mean this in an Eddie Haskell kind of way, in you know a very admirable way. He, he did a lot of good, and he uh, did a lot of good for migrant workers and for farm workers and people who were working too hard for not enough money, and he helped to gather them up and rise up against the man. But So seeing as how this is being rammed through uh, by the man himself, I'm just saying, and again, I'm not advocating or encouraging or promoting this behavior. I'm simply saying in the abstract what might be an interesting way to protest is if because Cesar Chavez's greatest triumph was, was, in, with the, was with the harvesters of lettuce, if lots of lettuce was used to block the street, perhaps, and then a big sign saying, you know, saying uh, uh, um, uh, um, uh, Interstate or Cesar Chavez Boulevard, let us decide. Yeah, that, that's a great idea. I'm if just saying... Can... Yeah, no, I hear you. If you can find someone to donate some lettuce, you know, uh, rotten or not, you know, maybe preferably rotten, it would make a better statement, you know, maybe. But, I'm uh, just, I'm just passing that along, and you know, maybe that'll all just sort of work itself out. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm on the corner of Interstate and Alberta Avenue right here, so right. Uh, if you, uh, you know, if you, if some of your kind listeners out there, uh, you know, um, can come up with what some the, donations. Well, if you want to, if you want to say it, what is the name of your business, sir? Bridging Boro. Bridging Boro. How do you spell yeah. that? B-R-I-D-G-I-N-G uh, space B-O-R-O. B-R, Bridging Boro. Okay, there you go. Yep. So you just say, Cesar Chavez or Interstate, let us decide. Just gonna All put right, that let's up put something together, Rick. Thanks. Let's make a statement for the show. Thank you, sir. All, All right, thank you. Thank you. All right, there you go. I'm not advocating that that happened. I'm simply saying what an interesting idea that is. It's fascinating. Not unlike my Bayo watch. Which I'm going to keep bringing back about every 12 minutes today. Uh, okay, let's see here. Oh, by the well, I'll get to this other. What thing. was that caller's name, Jason? I don't think it, did he say his name. It just says business owner. Okay. Uh, I don't think it. Uh, I don't think it actually. I don't think he. He might have identified it, but I, I was actually kind of busy looking at the screen here, so I apologize. I got that guy's name. Uh, hi, Dan. Dan, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey, Rick, uh, just uh, calling up to talk about the uh, interstate meetings that you were talking about. It yes, was an ama- amazing thing. I I don't know why they didn't just send a mailer and tell, uh, tell us that the street name was being changed. Well, uh, because this is sort of now, do we know, Tim, that are, are they actually following the rules this time? Because they didn't. Very, they they, they didn't, didn't say whether or not they're following oh, not, not at all, Rick. Because I think uh, it's the Rosa Park Street. And, and again, we'll say once and for all for the record here, I, I'm not opposed to something honoring Rosa Parks or Cesar Chavez or anybody or Joey Ramon or d- doesn't matter who. Put up a street honoring me. I don't care. It just, but there is an Emerson Street. Do you think, 
it needs to be it needs to be well it needs to be flanked then uh, by Dillon Street and Riley Street clearly. Yeah. I'm just saying whatever it is, it seems like they ought to be following the rules. And I think with the Rosa Parks thing, they didn't. They just bypassed it and just violated all of the city's own rules about it. And I'm wondering if they did that with this too. Oh, of course. Uh, I could give you basically the city code says that uh, one street can't be named if the street's already historic. And Interstate, for all of its beauty, is pretty historic. Uh, connected up from, um, it's the old Highway 99 up to Vancouver, B.C. Used right. to be the Pacific Coast Highway, all that sort of stuff. Uh, two, needs a petition, needs uh, business owner support, needs a panel of historians. All this is inside of the city code. And so and did, was any of this followed? I not, asked, knowing the not answer. Not at all. No, of you course know. not. And uh, basically, you know, when the mayor and... Uh, Various city councilors came to the meeting. They saw a few hundred people saying no, and it was like they were the Stepford Wives. They just kept uh, smiling and saying, your your input is important. Your government is here to help you. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing scene. All right. Well, thank you for the update, my friend. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, thank you. All Bye-bye. Right, Dan, who was at the meeting. Well, right. this mayor's a nutcase anyway. <laughs> Turned it over and over again. <laughs> well, he's not running again, right? Isn't that the thing? So he just can do any crazy thing that comes into his head. I don't know. Uh, Even right. the man told him he shouldn't be running. <laughs> Should seek some help. <laughs> Maybe he'd like some of my trazodone. Oh, fantastic. Boy. So, uh, well, they're going to do it anyway. Yes. Yes, they are. All right. Uh, it's 503. Uh, oh, did I? Oh, man. I was just looking through this folder. I was looking for a, a sound effect, and I found something that we got that we never used. I'll play this when we come back. I got a funny thing around the corner. Oh, Jesus, it's 12.35 already? It's 12.35. What happened at the time? Uh, well, it's, we don't have a whole lot scheduled today in terms of... I think we have we have Rube coming up later in the 2 o'clock hour. We don't have a whole lot scheduled. We all have time to get to this news. Um, so we will get to lots of news when we come back. Also, a Britney watch coming up. And I just got yet, yet more Britney news. Yeah. Every five minutes yep. there's Britney I, news. I got something new here, too. Jesus. Uh, I don't know a, how to keep up with it. It's impo- It can't be done. Uh, we have a monkey watch, taser watch... Some other kind of damn watch. Ugh, all right. Oy vey. All right, back after this. The Rick Emerson Show. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. All right. Uh, we got this. Rick, by the way, about this Cesar Chavez interstate thing, this was after blocking all of their driveways for four years to build the max line. Worst council ever. <laughs> Those businesses are really going to love the city council. I well, wonder what they can do for the downtown store. Well, you know what? I think we're finding out. Well, you know, EcoPDX is right there. They're on North Interstate. So, I don't know. Um, this guy says, uh, in all fairness, the city code says it will be dual signed for five years i.e. a sign that says Interstate Avenue on top of a sign that says Cesar Chavez Boulevard, so there'll be plenty of time to change out your letterhead, etc., and that this person has to be anonymous. He says, but personally, I'm against it, and I'm the one who will make the change in the street name databases that drive all the maps for the city uh, and beyond. Uh, I know the code because I get calls about street names all the time. They could do better than this lame process, says this person who asks not to be quoted officially. So I'm not quoting that person officially, and I'm not going to use his name. All right. Um, oh, you know what we never used? I was just looking for a different sound effect, and I found these. I saw a folder labeled American Gangster, and I thought, well, what the hell's in that folder? And it's actually not the movie. It's from that. It's the, the TV series we were giving away from a BET and Paramount, that American Gangster Season 1. I don't mean to knock the company. 
uh, that help, hooked us up with these because they help. They, they give us a lot of great stuff. We're going to be giving away another really – I can't say what it is. But in December, we're going to be giving away a fantastic DVD prize. It really is badass. So much so that we might have to, have to save one for the show. Well, maybe. We'll see. Um, but but they did through a clerical error. They got us these too late to use for the American get Disregard these. Don't call. Uh, but they get they gave us these too late to be used for the American Gangster thing. But we got the... Hey, this is Ving Rames from BET's American Gangster. Here's the number to call. <laughs> How great is that? Mm. That is great. It was so late, though, but we, think we got them on, like, the Friday that we stopped doing it. So I wasn't able to do it. What's up? This is Ving Rames from BET's American Gangster. My mic is over here. how you win. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a voice on that guy. Uh, let's see. I think there's one more here. Uh, wait, no. Let's see. This is uh, final. Hey, what's up? This is Ving Rames from BET's American Gangster. Call to win now. <laughs> Sounds like if you don't do it, he's going to punch out your teeth. Here's Tim Riley. Time for Britney Watch. Fantastic. Here is your Britney Watch for Tuesday on the Rick Emerson radio program. As comes to us from the TMZ, they have learned that Britney Spears will now say her false positive drug test may have been caused by her inhaler, now this which is, uses for asthma. This is the third story, the third version of this story, mm-hmm. in like a day. Yeah. So I'll, we'll give a recap here. Go ahead. Yeah. So it's an inhaler, they're saying. So sources connected with Spears tell TMZ that the drug that may have caused the positive was Provigil, used to treat narcolepsy. TMZ did some digging and found that this drug does not show up on a court-ordered drug test. Now, the same source said the drug that showed up may have been albuterol. That's an asthma drug. But again, they checked, and albuterol is not an amphetamine. This is so great. So they are flo- Oh, wait, so she tested positive? Wait, okay, I'll get, let, let me for stop. Amphetamines. Is that now, did she test positive for amphetamines, or are they... Saying that she tested positive for Albert's liver, but they're saying no, 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 that because it would that wouldn't show up. Mm-hmm. So, but did she test positive for anamphetamine, or have they even determined is it just a drug so far? No, I saw another thing that said anamphetamine. Now, see, because Profigil, Pro, this is so great. This story is wonderful because you get they're just floating explanation and excuse after explanation and excuse, hoping that one of them will stick. Hey, so so this is basically how the story has unfolded. Brittany just is. I really, if she was here, I would just hug her because she just gives us material every day. Yes. Do you remember when we used to have to wait a month for Brittany to do something crazy? Mm-hmm. Do you remember how like it would take weeks for her to go off the deep end? Now it's every goddamn day. She's running out of crazy things to do. You've been see how many. She's gonna have, have to die that? one of these days. That's what I was thinking. No one's gonna be happy until she dies. Best show ever. Um, I mean, every single day now. Okay, so. So Brittany blows this drug test. She she one of the ones she bothered to take. She fails the drug test. Her first explanation is that it was a false positive. That she didn't actually test positive. That was their first story. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Brittany didn't test it. It was a false positive. Then that was proven not to be the case. It was a real positive. Then their next story was no no no, it's provigil. And provigil is a thing you take for um ADHD, uh if you if you have attention deficit disorder, if you're hyperactive or manic. 
Um, you, or, or if you just like to get a lot, of house, a lot of housework done, you take ProVigil. So they said, first she said false positive. No, that was ruled out. Then they said ProVigil. And then they said, no, 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 we don't actually test for that. That wouldn't be what tripped this. Now they're saying it's an, an, it's a, it's an asthma inhaler, yes. which we know isn't the case because I know... Um, because she always lies. Well, because she always lies. And I'll say that I know a couple. I know somebody who uses that for an asthma inhaler, and this person also is in a job where they're drug tested, and it's not an issue. And they they, they just said it's not an issue that it wouldn't show up. So they 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 are now somewhere hunkered down at a bunker working on let's forget that unfortunate rhyme working on story number four. They are now have to get have to come up with a fourth explanation for why she failed the drug test. Jesus, what is with that girl? Um, as if I didn't know. Mm. Also, by the way, this email says Rick. Uh, TMZ, uh, and uh, I do not believe this is the case, by the way. It's just a coincidence, I'm sure. But he says, um, I know the I barely knew her thing is not your invention, but you guys are really the masters of it. I sometimes say it walking down the street to myself. I laugh I out loud. I say it constantly with anything that ends in er. It's like a tick now. Yeah, I'm forbidden to say it at home. Yeah. Occasionally, uh, Lara will be like, you know, have you seen my, you know, avocado smoker? And I'll say, smoker? You know, and then she'll just give me a look. She'll be like, don't. Keep it at work. <laughs> I'm not allowed to say it at home. He says, I was just checking TMZ, and they must listen. Check out the Britney news. Now, if you go to TMZ. All right, I will. About halfway down, it says, it is a picture of Britney, and it says, it says this. It says, inhaler, we hardly knew her. So I'm sure it's a coincidence, but that is kind of funny. Uh, so thank you for thinking of us, though, sir. Um, <laughs> oh, my God, it does say that. Yeah, it does. Uh, that. So there you go. Uh, also, I did watch that video of her blowing through the red light with the court monitor. And what's so great about it is, as she gets ready to go, go through the red light with her kids in the back seat, you can see the court monitor actually sink down behind the dashboard hiding. Because she knows, I mean, and that should tell you everything right there, how impotent the court system is, that the court monitor is there in the car as Brittany isn't belted in, by the way, has no license plates on the car. Brittany may have a driver's license. But she's not wearing a seatbelt. She's going through a red light, and the car has no license plates. None. Not even a temporary one. The car has no license plates. I have to tell you this. I have been arrested and gone to jail because I didn't pay off a speeding ticket all the way, and I didn't signal correctly. And they pulled me over, and they said, okay, to jail with you, mister. Brittany is speeding through a red light with her children, no seatbelt on, no license plates on her car while texting. And that's and it's all on film. And that's apparently fine. So there you go. Do we have anything else from Brittany right now? Yes. Oh, fantastic. Uh, first, she's hauling in some $737,000 a month, and she's not saving a penny of it. More than $100,000 each month is going to entertainment gifts and vacations alone. Jesus. Then a paparazzi chasing down Britney Spears was injured when his motorcycle was struck by a car driven by another paparazzi. This happened in Beverly Hills. When a photographer driving a Range Rover made an illegal right turn hitting the motorbike and its rider, the injured photographer was taken to Cedars-Sinai Medical Center with cuts to his legs and arms, although the extent of his injuries is not yet known. Spears was not injured and had no direct involvement in the collision. The incident is the latest traffic scrape linked to Spears, whose daily movements around Los Angeles are routinely tracked by a pack of paparazzi. Uh, so there you go. $700,000 a month manages to save none of it. None of it. Doesn't even have a bank account. I mean, I know this is probably a question we can't answer right now that is larger than all of us here. It's This question is bigger than all of us. Mm. 
what is going to become of that girl? I mean, she's really. She's going to die. She's going to die. I, yeah, and please don't, yeah, don't misconstrue that as me caring, because I don't. But do you all th- the documentaries are ready, except for the last minute. Do you think, mm-hmm. d- and I don't doubt that, do you Do you really honestly think uh, that she will die soon? Because I'm trying to picture myself yeah, she's like... she's being reckless with her own life. She's being reckless. She's we, running through we, red lights. She's doing drugs when she's tested. We made this not that long ago. We did, uh, and we're now about three months after that. I know you said... Three months. So I have December. He's long overdue. Tim said six. I said nine. So you have December. Tim has March. I have June. Um, Because you try to picture her like in 50, you know, it's 50 years old or 60 years old. And it's like my brain just can't conjure it up. No. Unless she's back working at a flapjack house or something. My brain just can't picture her. It's like the image just won't come up. So I must in my subconscious think that she's going to die soon because I can't picture her as an older person at all. I just can't picture a 50-year-old Brittany. So do we think... Accidental or deliberate? Deliberate. Sarah? I think accidental. I think her vanity is still too much intact that she wouldn't off herself. Because she's Brittany and the people need her. Because she refers to herself in the third person. She's obviously crazy. Does she? She does. I've read stories about her um, talking to people. Um, she'll be in a boutique and she'll talk to them about her hair. And it was after she dyed her hair brown. Uh-huh. And she came up to a, a person and asked them if they liked her dark hair. And they're like, oh, well, I, you know, I like your hair now, but I like it better blonde. And she's like, yeah, that's more of the Britney that everybody knows is the blonde uh, Britney. Like, she talks about herself like she's creepy. not herself. Uh, she's nuts. Right. Uh, finally, this email says, Rick, as a fellow lunger, I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that uh, abuterol inhalants will not cause you to fail a drug test. In fact, over-the-counter primatine mist has a better chance of showing up in a drug test than the kind Brittany uses. There is a new version also of abuterol that has even fewer side effects, plus real asthmatics only use abuterol when they have an attack. Maybe if she cut back on the menthols, she would not need said inhaler. So, uh, there you go. Inhaler. I barely knew her. All right. There's your Brittany watch for Tuesday on the Rick Emerson Show. becomes more and more prescient every day. This is a uh, nickel arcade, by the way. All right, fantastic. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here is Tim Riley. Well, Paris Hilton wants to try to help drunken elephants. Remember she was going to go to Africa? Yes. Well, now she's going to India. Uh, she's being praised. By highlighting the problem of binge-drinking elephants in northeastern India. This is a legitimate story from the AP. They said a celebrity endorsement such as Hilton's was sure to raise a, a, awareness of the plight of pachyderms that get drunk on farmers' homemade rice beer and then go on a rampage. The elephants get drunk all the time. They're really dangerous. We need to stop making alcohol available to them, said the 26-year-old socialite. That was the event of her... Uh... Now... Did she read this somewhere? Is this something that, like, she saw in a copy of In Touch magazine or something? I'm reading here. Uh, let's see. Uh, last month, six wild elephants broke into a farm and were electrocuted after drinking the potent brew. That is wonderful. There would have been more casualties if the villagers hadn't chased them away. It's so sad. Hilton is quoted as saying in Tokyo last week. What is she doing in... Okay. She was in Tokyo to judge a beauty contest. Really? Think about Paris Hilton judging a beauty contest. She promised to improve her bad girl image. Uh-huh. All right. She was uh, supposed to do charity work in Rwanda, but the trip was postponed until next year. And the year after that. And the one after that, too. I don't know why Rwanda... I'm not saying Rwanda's funny, but I'm saying there's something about 
there's something about the word just linguistically. There's something about the word Rwanda, mm-hmm. and it and it's funny because it reminds me of some other word, and I can't quite put my finger on what it is. I can't Rwanda. Rwanda. It's 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 like oh you know what it is? Here's what it is. The word Rwanda reminds me of uh, what's his name in Dead Poet Society. Damn it, Chet. The name is Nwanda. That's totally what it reminds me of. There you go. Okay, fantastic. So uh, let's talk about O.J. Simpson, shall we? A prosecution witness says O.J. wanted his posse to, quote, pack heat. Okay. Unquote. Walter Alexander, one of the men who claims to be part of O.J.'s posse, testified that Simpson told him, quote, Do you think you could get some heat in case things go wrong? Just in case there's a problem, you know, I'd like for you all to bring some guns. And he said, you, you won't have to take them out. He said, just, you know, have them in your shirts or in the holsters, you know, so that they can be seen so that, you know, they know we mean business. Yes, get me some guns. Do you think you can get some heat just in case things go wrong, just in case, you know, they may have heat? Um, That meant that he wanted me to um, help him to acquire some guns. You know, and I just have to tell you this. If an alarm does not go off in your head when O.J. Simpson is asking you to help commit a crime, uh, allegedly, he knows how to get things done easily. (laughs) He does know how to cut to the chase. Mm -hmm. Uh, Walter Alexander testifies that O.J. made the plan seem easy. But he did make it sound like it was going to be a very simple, just walk in, you know, intimidate. The people would see, be intimidated by us walking in, and he'd just take his stuff and leave. Okay. Uh, O.J. Uh, used the famous Vegan slogan right after the robbery. He was like, yeah, whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but not if you're O.J. Simpson. Ha, 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 you know, he's laughing. O.J. found out the man. O.J. is creepy. O.J. Simpson found the man. He and his friends allegedly robbed at gunpoint had called police. O.J. got out the car saying, damn it, they called the police. You know, we got to get that stuff back over there to them. They can't take me to jail for my stuff, but now they can take me for that stuff that's there. So we got to get that back over there. Well, at the rehearsal dinner... Only hours after the robbery, O.J. Simpson told him to tell police no guns were involved. He definitely made the statement that, um, hey, man, just there was no guns involved. If you just if there's no guns, it ain't shit. You know, it's no big deal. Just remember, just say there's no guns and we can get right. You know, it won't be a problem. We can handle it. I do not understand the logic of someone who, what do you know tonight? I don't know. O.J. Simpson wants us to go, wants us to go commit a crime, allegedly. Well, that's fine. He said it could be done easily. (laughs) O.J. seems to have a good track. He does, but for some reason, he believes he can get away with it. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Jesus. Hey, hey, what's up, man? Uh, Hello, sir. Hi. Well, I called because I had uh, two cents to say about renaming uh, Vintage Boulevard to Caesar Chavez Boulevard. Yes, sir. Uh, He may have done some great things for the Lettuce Union. God bless him for that. Uh, but in the last, I want to say two weeks, you, you got, I got to apologize. I can't cite the source. I'm in my car. Uh-huh. Uh, he is motion. He's made motions to repeal term limits, making him president forever. Uh, when people showed up to protest, this is all going on in the last week. He had a couple of them shot. Uh, this is you can find out all this stuff um, via the internet. Uh, Who are you? Let me hold on. Let me stop right now. Who are you talking about? Peter Chavez. Uh huh. Go ahead. So Caesar, Caesar Chavez did what two weeks ago? Well, he was trying to have term limits in his country uh, repealed so he could go ahead and, and be uh, president forever. Let me ask you this question. Yes, sir. Who is Caesar Chavez? He's, a, <laughs> uh, he's the president of Venezuela. No, guess again. Arkansas. 
<laughs> Not get, man, you got it. Seriously, if you look this stuff up on the internet, it's there. Um, I, like I said, I'm driving right now. I should have got that stuff ready before I called, but I didn't hear you guys talking about it until I got in my car. All right. So, Cesar Chavez, hold on. Just to, and what is your name, sir? Your name is, I'm looking here, it's Chris? Yes. Okay. Cesar Chavez, who is the president of Venezuela, did well, what? Well, no, no, president of a South American. Man, come on. I know what you're doing, but, but for real, you gotta, you got to look, look it up. Uh-huh. It, it is Venezuela. Yes. Yes. You're a, you're a bad person. All right. So what did Cesar Chavez, who was the president of Venezuela, did? Uh, what did he do last week, two well, weeks he, ago? He's trying to repeal term limits for, yes. for the president. I don't, I don't, remember what, don't know what their exact numbers are, but right. uh, so he can pretty much be there forever. Right. Here's the thing. Cesar Chavez, mm-hmm. A, dead since 1993. B. Oh, Hugo Chavez, my bad. Come on, Do you guys. think? Yeah. <laughs> All right. You do, you do realize they're not talking about naming Interstate Boulevard after Hugo Chavez, the president of Venezuela. Uh, yes. Well, he knew that one. I mean, he knows what he's talking about with that specific person. Did you just hear me mentioning the name Cesar Chavez in passing? Uh, I only heard Chavez, sir. Okay. All right. Yeah, we're... Yes. This, this, is a... this was a great call. I realized how stupid <laughs> I sound and... Uh... This is. Could, I'm just I saying. I wish you could blow me up, but you can't. You no, know no, no. I mean? I'm just saying. In the future, you, this is an important distinction for you to keep like clear in your head. All those savages, they sound the same. Let me just let me just say this. A. Hugo Chavez. Uh, yes, the he is uh, the the um, the leader of Venezuela. That that is the fact. Um, we can leave all of his other issues aside. Cesar Chavez, civil rights uh, advocate. Uh, cultural revolutionary, one might say. Uh, it unionized farm workers in California and other places, generally regarded by many folks, including myself, being a pretty great guy. Uh, he helped laborers rise up against Whitey, and uh, he led uprisings against the man, which we can all admire. Uh, was also an American uh, military hero, served uh, numerous tours, went on multiple dangerous missions for the United States military, was, and many people think that he was not, also about Cesar Chavez, a whole lot of people think he was not an American citizen, or he was an immigrant, actually not so. He was actually born in Arizona, uh, and opposed most kinds of immigration, including, uh, especially illegal immigration, because his whole goal was to drive up the hourly wage for American workers. None of these things are, are, I suppose, a bad trade in leading a country or being the president of Venezuela. Not so, though. Not the president of Venezuela. <laughs> well, I apologize for mixing uh, the two up. But That's I did okay. Wanna, I, 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 did, uh, I did really... Okay. Well. Let me just tell you this. That those who thirst for comedy, thank you for your call <laughs> and for your confusion, sir. <laughs> God bless you, sir. Thank you, my friend. All right, Appreciate there you go. All right, fantastic. <laughs> that really was so great. That was just fantastic. You know what that was? Who was that... Who is that character that Gilda Radner played on SNL? Emily Latella or whatever her name was? Oh, yeah. Well, she would call up and she would get two things confused. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even come up with an example now. But she would be... God, what, what is an example? Do you know what I'm talking about? Where mm-hmm. Gilda Radner had that character and she would confuse two similar sounding words. And I forget. I can't even come up with anything. Um, Jesus. It, it, but... Um, and and she would just go on this entirely like un, uninformed and completely inaccurate rant about something based on like a linguistic mix-up, and then Jane Curtin would correct her and she would say, "Never mind," and then she would just sort of slink away. <laughs> That's what that guy was. I just love the idea that Cesar Chavez two weeks ago appointed himself president for life somewhere. That's fantastic. Ah, oh, all right, wonderful. All right. Uh, I just love the irony. 
that a street potentially being named after Cesar Chavez, that it's just being like rammed through in violation of any and all like, city statutes by the man. That is a perverse irony that I do believe Cesar himself would appreciate, were he not uh, right now ensconcing himself as the president of Venezuela. Here's Tim Riley. Imagine that. It's just fantastic. <laughs> all right. Well, the ongoing Hollywood writer's strike may cause employees who work for The Tonight Show to lose their jobs. Jim Shognessy, who writes for Jay Leno, may be forced to come back to work to prevent the rest of the people who work on the show from being fired. It's a possibility. I don't know the inner workings of uh, how they how they would go about going back to work or not. And I think it's likely, but there's no way to predict what would happen, especially at this point. I'm sorry, who? What? What is this? One of the writers for the Tonight Show. Oh, all right. Cesar Chavez. <laughs> Cesar Chavez, head writer for Jay Leno, had this to say on KCMD Portland. Um, God, all right. Um, well, let me just say this about the Tonight Show. That show is so unbelievably unfunny and terrible and wooden, and the idea that somehow it's that bad, and yet there are scores of writers working on it, Yeah. I mean, that just makes it all the more inexcusable. Like, if Leno was having to crank out that whole thing himself... Um, it would be one thing, but the idea that he has a whole passel of writers working on it, and yet still, you know, that, that he's that he's still just as bad and insufferably tedious as he is, makes it all the more uh, infuriating. All well, right. the uh, Broadway stagehand strike has darkened more than two dozen theaters as it enters its fourth day. No new talk schedule. What does Cesar Chavez have to say about that? A number of the shows, eight or so, is still on. Radio City Music Hall is still open. So there's plenty of things to do, but uh, we'd all like to see the strike settled in the meantime. Uh, patronizing a local restaurant would be a nice idea. Also, I would like to say... Uh... I don't know. I'm trying, trying to think of what Cesar Chavez... What would Cesar Chavez say? Um, <laughs> what would Cesar Chavez say? Oh, this... Okay, so here's a thing. Like, Gilda Radner's Emily Latella. Yes, instead of... um. Well, these are... Okay, I'm sorting through these. People are sending me various... um, Going on about instead of uh, presidential elections going on... Instead of saying election, she thought they were talking about a presidential uh, male arousal. And she did like a four-minute rant about the president's member being aroused. And it was, she was like really angry about it. And then at the end, Jane Curtin said, it's presidential election. And then Gilda would just kind of do the, never mind, and she'd run away. Oh, I just want to play that call over and over again. That is just fantastic. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. Uh, Mitt Romney has spent $10.2 million on television advertising this year. He spent more than $85,000 a day, $600,000 last week alone, on campaign commercials. His commercials have aired more than 14,500 times. The closest a Republican to Romney in ad spending is John McCain, who with, earned more than $300,000 worth. With what money? I don't know where he gets his money. Does he have a consolidation loan or something? He or is, might. It, is he just funding his campaign with $500 Macy's gift certificates? Mm-hmm. There's a little cultural joke for you. That won't be mm -hmm. funny in a week. It's hilarious now, though. Well, the investigation, uh, the investment has uh, helped Romney maintain a clear lead in Iowa and position himself strongly in early voting states. So if you want to be elected to something, spend a lot of money on TV commercials. Do I ever. All right. All right. Oh, and I want to thank uh, Seamus for telling me how to program my remote control on my DVR box from Comcast to skip all the commercials. Is that now? Do you have the thirty-second skip enabled uh -huh. now? Yeah, uh -huh. I think it's fantastic, oh, isn't it's it? Great, yeah. Now, does he? How does he know how to do that? He doesn't. Uh, he has a different cable system, I would imagine, because he lives in Colorado. I don't know. It could be a national thing. Only Seamus can save us now. Mm -hmm. All right. 
Father David Angemian, who's accused of stalking Conan O'Brien, said he never meant to harm him. Or harm him. He says he feels that... Well, I'm speaking with the Boston accent. Yes, you are. There. He says he feels some reporters interpreted his actions that way. They never had any intention of physically harming him in any way. And I do, I do feel, uh, I feel uh, you know, sad that uh, some of the correspondence I sent was, uh, was interpreted in that way. Who is this? This is uh, the stalker for Conan O'Brien. I think my hand, I think my head is about to explode. The, the, the news has just, just gotten increasingly <laughs> surreal today. And I'm barely through this. <laughs> we're not, even, we're not even a fifth of the way through oh. this. We've got a priest stalking Conan O'Brien. Brittany's fourth story about drug use and driving around without license plates. Thank goodness we're not on strike. Jesus. The, oh, the, let's, we'll get to that, actually. Um... Cesar Chavez apparently being dictator for life of Venezuela. I mean, it, this whole program is just unbelievable. Richie has no sense of smell. This whole program is just unhinged. All right. Uh, I'll just let you continue. I can have some more coffee. Well, cold and flu season is underway. And every year, the holiday season makes it a little worse, doesn't it? So let's talk to, uh, let's see, Lance Armstrong's personal coach, Chris Carmichael, who says natural remedies such as Zycam nasal swabs are the best way to treat cold. If you use them early on those on the first symptoms of a cold in the first 24 hours, you're going to be able to stop the cold dead in its track. Uh, Carmichael says cold etiquette is a good thing. And what I mean by that is making sure that you're washing your hands often. Next is to make sure that you carry tissues with you. And then I would say next, if you do have a cold, is let people know. Okay. I'm sorry. I... Okay. There's just nothing I can do with that. If you have a cold, let people know. Done. I, there's no, I can't ring any company out of that, I think. Well, a robbery suspect running away from the scene of the crime was captured and eaten by an alligator. <laughs> Please tell me this is in Florida. It is, Miami. Oh, damn, damn, and I'm still not prepared. Oh, that's just stereo. sad. Sorry. It's the Trazodone. Well, uh, apparently the uh, people who know gators best say some gators are just nasty. Gator? And this guy just got a nasty gator. They have no fear of people. He's a nasty gator. That sounds like he engages in some really <laughs> horrific sexual practice. Mm -hmm. That sounds like he sits around and uh, covers himself in, in, in baby spit or something. Uh -huh. What's he doing? I don't know. He's just uh, masturbating. Well, a Florida man uh, who was breaking into cars at a resort was attacked and killed by a nine-foot-long alligator while running from police. Uh, investigators have responded to reports of uh, car break-ins at an Indian reservation in Miami. I didn't know they had Indians. Oh, I suppose they would. Uh, one of the men was quickly captured, but the second one ran away. And apparently, he tried to elude officers by jumping into a large pond. This is so great. What he didn't know... We're going to close this as a Darwin watch, by the way, because that's really what it is. During the swim, an alligator attack killed and ate the man. I wonder if the, you can just sort of picture, like, Alan Funt off to the side. What he doesn't know is this this pond is filled with man-eating alligators. Sort of Alan Funt and Ashton Kutcher, sort of crouched in the shrubs with a camera. He was unable to eat all of them, though, <laughs> although his head was uh, bitten off. Oh, he was started with the head. At the bottom of the pond. Wonderful. Uh, oh. Meanwhile, an alligator responsible for attacking and then killing the man was captured and transported to the All-American Alligator Park. <laughs> to where we'll play with children. Some alligators have a nasty disposition, and this is one of them. <laughs> you suppose? Really? This alligator is being kept in storage until they, he can be inspected. Jesus. The alligator was uh, well-known on the reservation and was given the name Poncho. 
Anytime an alligator oh, digested kills a person, it is state law that the gator be destroyed. Really? Yeah, so apparently. Well, well that's unless there's wrong. a massive protest. Which there ought well, it's to like be. Well, like if a dog bites somebody, it gets put down. Yeah, but I mean, but this is clearly just the, this is the guy's fault. And frankly, when someone's bit by a looking alligator, when someone is bit by a dog, it's usually the person's fault. Boy, that's an evil-looking creature. He'll eat you. No, alligators are evil. I mean, they really are. Don't get me wrong. I like them. And I think Henry Rollins did this riff um, on this when he was here. Uh. He was talking about how he loves the idea. Humans. How when, when, when he was in Florida, people would tell him, like, look out for alligators and crocodiles. And he said he loved the idea that you could just be walking along. And I love this, too. We've talked about this. I love the idea that you could just be walking along the street or on the sidewalk in Florida. Mm-hmm. And a goddamn dinosaur just comes out of the, the woods and eats you and dra- drags you away. I mean, that is pretty great. That'll keep you on your toes. It is great. Oh, man. What a strange world we live in. Um, Rick, great picture from PGE, but why is that guy wearing a pink vest? Okay. That's a liberal top. It really is. We're forward-thinking people. We sure are. All right. Uh, let's see. What are we? Uh, what else are we doing here? All right. Just it's... Now, see, now I'm getting people who are deliberately... Now we're just getting people who are deliberately screwing this up. Rick, Cesar Chavez needs to be honored. I especially loved it when he played the Joker on Batman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, God. All right. Uh, what shall we do? What shall we do? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Hi, I was calling um, that whole Zycam thing. Yeah. Lance Armstrong's personal trainer talked about. Yeah. There was a big class actually lawsuit about that stuff, like knock out your sense of taste. Did we, hold on, did we just have, was that, did he mention Zycam in that news story? I don't think so. Yes, he did. He said no swaps. Oh, oh, the whole story. Oh, I I thought Zycam was like a spray. I thought it was like a thing you jammed up your nose. Well, he said no swap, but my wife took some of the Zycam nose spray. Uh Uh-huh. Couldn't taste anything correctly for like six months. There's like a big class action lawsuit about it. The whole twelve yards. Wonderful. Well, you know Richie Bristol, who is our phone screener. You know he has no sense of smell, none. Yeah, so you give him that no sense of taste, bam. Then right? he'd be fine. Then he'd be, you know, the thing if you had no, they ought to sell that as a diet aid. If you had no sense of taste, if you had no sense of taste, think about how well you would eat. Think about how That's healthy. Totally. Wait, when you're sick, because totally. you can't taste anything. Exactly. Um, so the um uh, um. It's like I always tell the story, but when I went to school, I, my friend Wendy was an albino, and many, uh, in some people, albinism, I think is how you refer to that, uh, also comes with a loss of uh, sensory whatever. Your taste buds don't work. And so she was an albino who couldn't, it sounds like the beginning of a joke. Um, an albino with no sense of taste goes into a bar. And but she was in incredibly great shape. Why? Could never taste when something was bad for you or good for you. She couldn't tell what junk food was. Potato chip tasted just like celery. You know what I mean? What's this? It's a hot fudge sundae. Well, what does it taste like? Nothing. Well, what are these? Mashed potatoes. What do they taste like? Nothing. So everything she ate just tasted like a whole lot of bleh. And so as a result, she was in like the best shape of anybody I ever knew because she had absolutely no sense of taste and was not tempted by junk food because she had no... I mean, she didn't know what it tasted like, and even if she did, tasting it wouldn't do her any good. So they ought to sell that as some kind of a diet aid. I am full of great ideas today. You write that down, you pass that along. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. There you go. Thanks. Thanks so much. Uh, All right. Aaron, Aaron just sent me. This is so great. Aaron just sent me an email that opens, and it's a whole thing about Cesar Chavez not being the president of Venezuela, and it simply starts with noble white people. <laughs> please, please allow me to help the white man to identify some errors in his thinking. That is uh, from Aaron. All right. Oh man, what time is it? One fifteen. Let's do a couple more, and then I got uh, an installment of the worst song you've ever heard. 
So we'll get to that here in just a, just a, just a while. So the top 50 TV icons I haven't chosen. Guess who's number one? Wait, hold on. Top 50 TV icons. Mm-hmm. Are these are they all fictitious characters or are they some of them real people? Uh, these are all real. Uh... In other words, are these characters, you know, people people who are on icon for playing a character or is it real people or both? They're mostly human people. Johnny Carson. Yes. Bam, look at uh... me. Uh! That's how I, I roll. I, I give it the top five, followed okay. by Lucille Ball, Oprah, Bill Cosby, and Walter Cronkite. Rounding out the top ten, Carol Burnett, Mary Tellemore, Jerry Seinfeld, Homer Simpson, and Dick Clark. All right, so let's, let's quickly do the top five in order. What? Johnny Carson? Uh-huh. Well, of course, Johnny Carson, because he was the master, the best there ever was, the best there ever will be. Number two? Lucille Ball. I just don't know how to feel about that. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's right. Lucille Ball, and I've made this point a few times about her comedy, I don't know whether Lucille Ball was really funny or not. Or maybe she was only funny at the time. You know? Lucille Ball... It, not it, really... was, it was some of the better comedy of what was being offered. But I mean... Is it only, was it funny because everything else was terrible? Yes. Or was it funny because it was like stuff no one had ever seen? It was funny because the rest of the stuff was just terrible. I just, and I, you know, I feel like a bad person for not finding Lucille Ball funny. Well, you got to remember at that time, to, to be in TV, nobody wanted to antagonize the, the big movie companies. Right. So they purposely did crappy writing. Right. So they wouldn't intimidate anyone except for this show. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, you know, and again, as you seem, you know, I, I guess she's a legend and an icon, and I, you know, I guess that speak for itself. And, you know, here's another thing that I don't find funny, and I know that this maybe is, uh, maybe it's a generational thing, maybe not. You know what I don't really find all that funny are Charlie Chaplin films. I go back and I watch Charlie Chaplin movies, and they're just, I can see that they're, they're well made. Yeah. They're just not all that funny to me. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, the Three Stooges, uh, and, you know, the Marx Brothers, and Buster Keaton, Buster Keaton films are still fantastic. Mm-hmm. This guy did all this amazing physical comedy. Charlie Chaplin, eh, not so much. Doesn't really do much for me. All right, so that's, uh, she's number two. Who's next? Oprah. Well, uh, Oprah, Oprah ought to be number two, frankly. Yeah. I mean, Oprah, I mean, she is. She Great. can't do anything wrong. No, I mean, and she is, I mean, Oprah is about as close to sainthood, and she is about as close to a secular deity as you can get in the society. Except for African school, but can't win them all. <laughs> no, well, to be fair, though, to be fair, she came it's down probably hard. probably one of the better African schools. And you know this. You know that whoever it was that was, like, whacking the children around or sticking it to them, whatever they were doing, you know whoever that is is in a, is in a basement cell right now being beaten with a hose. Having their hair pulled out. Oh, yeah. by <laughs> you know that Oprah is having whoever, whoever did that is being boiled in oil and then fed you to the fire. You made Oprah very unhappy. And Oprah is, you do, you talk about somebody you don't want to cross. Um, I don't think, I mean, yeah, I won't, I mean, as much as we make fun of Dr. Phil, I don't, you know, I'm not going to say S about Oprah. Yeah. I mean, she's, and I always say this, and I think she probably knows this, which is why she doesn't ever use this power. Um, but I've always said that Oprah could determine the next president. Uh, because, you know, she's got a block of women who will do... Whatever she says, they, they, she they, has they, a full-on army. Yeah, no, there there really is an Oprah army, uh, it, and it, it, she, there are X million women, and you know X number of men, but mostly women who watch her show, who will read what she says to read, buy what she says to buy, do what she says to do, vote for whomever she says to vote for. Uh, and if Oprah just came out tomorrow and she's like, hey, uh, you know, it's 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 John Edwards, if she came, it's Hillary Clinton, it's Obama, whoever. That's it, man, because the elections are all divided. You know, pretty much at this point, elections are decided by fewer than a million votes. Mm. So Oprah is absolutely a kingmaker at this point. Yeah, she ought to be number two on that list. Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby is, uh, people don't appreciate how much of an icon he is because you think about how many times Bill Cosby has become famous and how many different times on tele- He's like Bob he's Newhart. He's been around for over 40 years. He's, he is, uh, is sort of, he's sort of like Bob Newhart in that Bob Newhart has had what, at least 
at least two uh, big television shows, maybe three. He came in number 17. Really? Bill Cosby. So he was on I Spy, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. And was he not... He did stand-up back in the Jack Parr days. Uh, he's, and his stand-up is... Bill Cosby's stand-up is... It's still funny, but it's as I get older, I appreciate his stand-up on a different level. He is very much like it. You can tell he's a jazz music, uh, a fan of jazz music, the way he does his comedy, because Bill Cosby does not do set-up, punchline, set-up, punchline. He does long... I don't know if it's truly improv, but he does these long sort of... He's sort of, not meandering, but very long, drawn-out sort of flights of fancy and stories like the famous dental routine and stuff that just goes on. Yeah, very much, and it's sort of whimsical. That's another way to to, to describe Bill Cosby's comedy. But then he was on I Spy, and I don't know that he was the first black primetime actor, but he might have been. Yeah, Him and Robert Culp, right? Mm -hmm. And then, what else? And then he, uh, with Fat Albert, of course, and then The Cosby Show. And then, then there they was do a Cosby this, Variety Show. And there was a Cosby Variety Show, and then there was one. Do you remember that show just called Cos? Yeah. He just had a show called Cos. And then they do some like, and there's like Bill Cosby Mysteries or something. Yeah, he's been on several programs. I mean, he's an icon. He's, and he's an icon in the truest sense of the word that even if you don't know what his current project is, even if you don't know what he's, what he's doing right now, you see him and you go, Bill Cosby. And everybody, I mean, he's, he's like an absolute ultimate A-lister. Okay, who's uh, Walter Cronkite? Walter Cronkite. Impossible to avoid. They all. He's on some form of the media every week. Everywhere. I was listening to a, a BBC podcast today and had Walter Cron- a brand new one to have Walter Cronkite <laughs> on it. Talking about the astronauts' wives make, in the 1960s. Make Walter Cronkite leave me alone, Mom. Uh, well, he's probably, would you agree with me, probably the most famous and recognized newsman um, it, ever? But it's back in the three-channel TV day. But, I mean, even more so than Murrow, because Murrow yeah. was, so much of his fame was on radio. Mm-hmm. I would say... That probably, if you were just to go back, and maybe the people of today, like young people today, probably don't know Walter Cronkite. But if you were to just sum up the grand total of American uh, news audience over the last hundred years, mm-hmm. he probably comes out as the most famous news person of all time. I would think so. Yeah. All right. Excellent. So all that's right. the top five. There you go. Fantastic. All right. What do we? Uh, what do we do? Oh, do we want to do the worst song ever here? All right. Hold on. Let's see here. Okay, so this is... Hey, this is Ving Rhames. Oh, damn it. Oops, sorry. Uh, so somebody sent this to me. Her name is Elva Miller. And believe it or not, this woman has an entire record. I wish I had the cover to show you. I have it as a JPEG. I'll put it up in the, uh, on the site later. So Mrs. Elva Miller is her name. She did an entire record in about, I don't know, like 1965, I would think, looking at the cover and the cover art and the font and everything. And, you know, it's a weird, before I play this worst song ever, it is weird to ponder this. Hold on. It's weird to do this while I'm trying to drink my coffee. Hold that thought just uh, just one second, and we'll uh, move on with the uh, the hey, hey, and the... Ah. All right. Um, but, you know, people talk about how you can get a home studio now, and you can get Pro Tools at your house, and you can distribute your stuff via YouTube and MP3 and whatever, and it is so easy to become a, you know, to become a the recorder now, a recording artist now, and so easy to become a musician and get your music to the masses. And yet, how do we explain the fact that during the 50s and the 60s, I mean, did you ever go to a record store and you just look through the vinyl, and you just look at some of these records that come in, you're like, the ugliest people on earth, people who had... With zero talent, I mean like negative talent. 
I mean, talent that was so low it could not even be graphed. And yet somehow a record company was convinced to record an entire album covering every aspect of their oeuvre and then foist it onto the American people. So it is with this woman. And this wasn't like a homemade recording. <laughs> I think this came out on Capitol Records. And I do believe it was called The Many Moods of Mrs. Miller. And her name is Elva Miller. Um, I have now... Mrs. Miller. Or she used to hang around the talk shows, didn't she? Probably. Yeah, I think so. I like have... Merv Griffin. I have her have her uh, have here a little bit of her take on Hard Day's Night and then we'll do the and then we'll do the big one. This is just a little bit of a How great is that? That sounds like you pretending to be a woman singing that. Right. Every time you say press, it sounds like you say, you're saying breasts. I have less breasts than a pedophile or a murderer. And I've done nothing. I've done nothing. All right. We'll play this into the break. We'll come back. Uh, more of Jim Riley. Top five coming up. Uh, top five wind songs. Uh, what else? Oh, we'll do the breakdown. I, we will get to this today. Of, of In what cities we are huge. Um, oh, and then I have this... I have this thing to show you guys offline before I post it to my website. Oh, my. Because I'm not sure if I'm a bad person or not. Yeah, you were talking about that earlier. I you are to... a bad person, by the way. Okay. I, I think you Yeah, I think you are one. Yeah, we're all screwed. Totally. It, it, like, it, it, like it, irrelevant of any of this, I am. Irrespective of this. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, time, Tim, do you know the song Lover's Concerto? Yes, I do. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard. Mrs. Elva Miller and Lover's Concerto. Take it over. Oh, gentle is the rain that falls softly on the meadow. Birds high up in the trees, serenade the flowers with the melody. Oh, 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 see, there beyond the field, the bright colors of the rainbow. Some magic from above made this day for us just one Was paired with really gifted backup singers that highlight the inadequacies of the person in the foreground. I'm gonna make this my ringtone. It's like someone is strangling a bag of singing jello. It's almost over. She was on Ed Sullivan, too. Really? Yeah. Both of the days. Everything will be just as wonderful. You, honey, and your heart. 
Jr. Are you kidding? The guy that wrote the Ghostbusters theme song? Yes, Huey Lewis. No, Ray Parker Jr. Uh, who Tim pointed this out, he actually had, um, uh, he actually had You Can't Change That, which is another hit with his band Radio, R-A-Y-D-I-O. All right. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. So, why did you ask him? Oh, because I mentioned that. So, we were talking about Bill Cosby. And this guy says, do you remember, let's see, where did I put this? Uh, I said the email said, hey, do you remember a show where Bill Cosby played a gym teacher, a la The White Shadow, but actually before that, I don't know if it was before or after I Spy. It would have to be after I Spy, because I think I Spy was the program that first put him sort of in the public spotlight on television. Um, I don't remember a show with Bill Cosby playing a gym teacher, although I do, that would make sense, and here's why. Because I do believe that Bill Cosby actually has a degree in athletics and physiology. He does. So that's, there you go. And I think he actually was like... A phys ed teacher for a while. I maybe I'm in making Western that up. Massachusetts. In where? Western Massachusetts. Where Kristen uh, from accounting is from? No, she's from Central Massachusetts. No, she's from Worcester. That's Central Massachusetts. Wait, Worcester. where? Stop. So wait, but what town are you just talking about with Bill Cosby? It would have been uh, Western. It, oh, I thought Springfield. You, you know, your um, East Coast accent was just blurring everything there, and I kept. I, I swear to God, I thought you were saying Worcester. But you're saying Western. Worcester. <laughs> Stop. I don't even know what you're saying now. Are you talking about? Are you talking about a town called Wester? No, I was talking about the western area. Okay, I didn't catch the. Oh, anything. I thought you were saying like Worcester. Like Sp- no, that's Worcester. <laughs> you don't, don't pronounce the O R in Worcester. Let's all stop. What does this have to do with Worcestershire sauce? I don't know who started this. Okay, the. Okay, not Western. What is the town you are referring to? I, I was referring to Springfield, no, which is in western Massachusetts. Okay, but what is the town that sounds like western? You think of Worcester. Okay. How would you spell that phonetically? W-O-R-C-E-S. That's not T-E-R. <laughs> that's not phonetic. If that's the phonetical spelling, then it's spelled Worcester. W-I-S-T-E-R. Okay, Worcester. Worcester. You're adding an R. There's even... one at the end. E-R. <laughs> You're adding an R in the middle, though. Okay. We have to stop this. I'm not adding an R in the no, middle of the word. I don't mean to pick on you, but I find this intriguing because you and Kristen, who, and Kristen is from there, but I think she pronounces it a totally different way. Well, she has a, a central Massachusetts accent. Oh, is that why? I didn't have, please forgive my ignorance. Please forgive my ignorance. So, are there different accents in different yes. parts of Massachusetts? Yes. I, I guess I'd never thought about that. Are there different accents in different parts of Oregon? I've never been to different parts of Oregon. I've never been to me, Tim Riley. <laughs> I have to make that joke like once a Mul- week. Moldoma Falls is as far as I've been that way. There's some Hicksvilles in Oregon. So what oh, They just kind of start talking like that. Somebody yeah. told me, and I don't think I've ever witnessed this. Somebody told me that if you go out into like it, we're just a real, like, just a real hillbilly. Uh, parts of, of Oregon, that you hear almost a southern accent. Yeah, you do. But see, I've in never Washington heard that. State, you do also. Is, see, but I've never experienced that. So I wonder if I'm just, if maybe I'm immune to it because I myself am just trash, or 
I think you'd hear in Clackamas also. <sighs> Maybe. But well, they went without water today. It's all very... Really? Yeah. Well, what are they going to use water for in Clackamas? Like, what do they think they're going to wash? Uh, like scrub the mule. <laughs> what are you going to do? What do you, what you got today going on there, Bob? Man, there's to be hey, scrubbing the mule. Didn't you scrub the mule last night, Bob? Yes, I did. Jesus. I don't even know what's happening today. Now that my oh, life was away, I was... My choice. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello? Hello! Hey, Rick, how you doing? Hey. I'm calling about the uh, the Miss Miller record that you were just playing. Yes, on wait, hold on. Let me just... Uh... It's been a hard day's night, Yes, go ahead. I didn't think anybody ever heard that record before. Me and my buddies in uh, in college used to pass that record around and sign it every year as like a it was like a trophy record. Please tell me you've got the whole thing. I I used to have the whole thing and then I had to pass it. I had to pass it along. I actually had it on vinyl. Oh yeah, I saw the the cover is great too because it's got this old ass like '60s font and she is um not a handsome woman. She's no. a, she's an she's unappealing. No, uh, She's dead, so I can say this. In a visual sense, uh, she was a wholly unappealing woman. <laughs> no, it's true. I'm just, look, I'm just saying the God's honest truth. She, she, she looked bad. Ms. 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 Miller looked very bad. So, all right. Uh, well, I'm, I, thought, I thought you might enjoy, uh, are you hip to uh, Johnny Bowtie Barstow? Am I hip to Johnny? Have you heard of, have you heard of this no, guy? No, no, I have not, sir. If you go on, uh, he's got a page on this on the MySpace, and also on CD Baby. I think you might find that enjoyable. Johnny, what kind of music does Johnny Bowtie Barstow have? Johnny Bowtie Barstow is a singer, and he's, <laughs> he he uh, does some uh, some Joe Bean tunes like uh, Girl their... from Ipanema, as Miss Miller does as well. I'm headed to CD Baby right now. And there should be some clips on there. Hold on, uh, what's his name? Johnny Bowtie. Barstow. I'm just going to put in Barstow? Johnny Johnny Bowtie under the assumption that that'll get me kind of what I need I would, here. I would hope. Johnny Bowtie. Sorry, none found. All right. None found. Johnny Barstow. Yeah, B A R S T O W. All right, we'll try that. Johnny Barstow. No, they got nothing. What? Well, maybe on uh, MySpace. Bowtie Barstow. Let me just leave. All right, the, I found him on MySpace. Leave the Johnny. How did, well, why? Because I'm okay. good. Shut up. All right. Did He's you have progressive. any? Progressive. Uh huh. Sure. So is multiple sclerosis. Is there another, um, there's any profanity or anything, is there? No. I can't imagine that a man named Bowtie would be filling his socks with profanity, but go ahead. All right, it's coming. All right, here we go. And the internets are a little slow today. You're telling me. Okay, this is a Bowtie Christmas and more. And, uh, and more. Noel. It's the and more that really makes me excited about it. Songs of the sound of a retarded man singing. I, does he park and prefer parking spaces? So. <laughs> does he does he does he have one or more charitable foundation set up in his name? Uh, I don't think so. But uh, uh, we're totally playing this as soon as the, the day after Thanksgiving hits. Did you? Jesus, you didn't lie. You were dead on with this. Well done, sir. Did he uh, did he have the girl from Ipanema on the MySpace? Is the girl from Ipanema or? up there? 
No, just uh, Winter Wonderland, In the Mood, The First Noel, and Mac the Knight. I want to hear Mac the Knight. Mac the Knight. Mac the Knight. Yes, good call. <laughs> it's the best show ever. Anybody right. who says differently is lying. It's buffering. All right. Buffer. Buffer. And again, with the really great backing musicians. These guys must just want to kill themselves at the end of a session like this. Oh, yeah, the backing musicians are, well, are badass. Yeah, they're great. Pretty teeth dead. And he shows them fairly wise. He's, I mean, just what's going on with that? He has an interesting time feel. <laughs> Timing deal. You know, the great thing is that he's not atonal. He's trying to sing a melody, but it's like a melody to a wholly different song in another key. <laughs> and he's just adding random bars of like 3 4. <laughs> he's singing in his own unique. He's singing in a t- time signature of like Pi 7. <laughs> All right, excellent. What was your name, sir? My name's Greg. Greg, thank you for the heads up, my friend. All right, have fun. All right, there you go. That's Greg. So getting back to that Bill Cosby show, which was kind of a knockoff of the White Shadow, but before that, that was from 1969 to so 1971. White, let me understand this. So as always happens, did Whitey just come along and steal this concept? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then Whitey made it his own show. He played a gym teacher named Chet Kincaid. And yeah. so where was it set, do you know? Where was it set? I forget. What it was, was an urban high school. Just like the White Shadow. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that guy from the White Shadow, what did I just see him in? He's an American gangster, I think. I can't remember exactly what, but I think the guy from the White Shadow, what the hell is his name? Ken something. Ken something. Ken Shamrock? No. The White Shadow? Yeah, yeah. see, you don't, you don't, you're too young for this. The White Shadow, to be fair, only ran for one season. Not a bad show, actually. The White Show. No, the White Shadow. The, the White Show. The White Shadow, not a bad program. The White Shadow was about, I mean, it's kind of a twist on a tired formula. Um... White guy teaching in an inner city school, uh, and you know who at first is not accepted uh, by you know by the kids because he's the man, uh, and then he and then he wins them over, and he shows that not all white people are evil, uh, and then they all go out for a soda or something, um, and it only ran for one season, but it is much beloved. It was canceled, but much beloved. Here's a here's a fun fact: the character of Washington, I think, was his name on Saint Elsewhere, who is uh, an orderly. Here's a funny thing about that. For those of you who are, um, he was he was the sidekick of Luther Hawkins on St. Elsewhere. Um, if you go back and you watch St. Elsewhere, I do believe his name is Washington. Uh, the, the huge, like the orderly who was like nine feet tall. He is not only the same actor, he is in fact the same character as on The White Shadow. So he was on this show, The White Shadow. Bam, years later, he shows up on St. Elsewhere, and they never really pointed it out, but it is true. He shows up on St. Elsewhere as the same character, which is just a really bizarre little twist. So, anyway, so Bill Cosby had the show, and then... And then he went back to school at the University of Massachusetts. I thought he went to... got a degree. I thought he went somewhere else. Okay, well, there you go. He went to some place called Temple, too. Yeah, But he went to the University of Massachusetts. Because if he watched the Cosby show on NBC, there was like a big temple, like a banner or whatever, like a poster behind him. Oh. And this was in Amherst, Massachusetts. But they also have a branch in Worcester. Stop saying that word. They do. The University of Massachusetts also has a branch in Worcester. Uh, you know, I want to do a bit where we get you and Kristen and some, uh, I don't know, some somebody else, some drunken guy from Boston. <laughs> and I'm just going to give you all a bunch of words to say. I'm just going to go down the line and you all will say the words one at a time just so we can identify the different sort of dialects. Uh, that right, your, I think we all have slightly different dialects. Your, your unique wedge of the country. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Jesus, shall we do the news? I suppose yeah. if there's something else to do. Hey, this is Ving Rames from BET's American Gangster. Here's the number to call. 
And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Ryan. I'm going to edit that and work that into many things. Well, Oregon's gas prices are going to rise 20 cents in the next few weeks. Uh, gas prices will continue to rise to catch up with skyrocketing oil prices, says the AAA. Like they can save anybody. Uh, Orion's gas prices are now tied for the 11th highest in the nation. Congratulations. Uh, down from six last year, though, so things are getting a little bit. Oh, by the way, uh, that white man? Yes. And that white man was Ken Howard. Whatever became of Ken Howard? I don't know. Good day. The white shadow. Shadow. Time for Tanya Watch. We haven't had one in a long time. All right. Oh, and Susan Reynolds knew that, too. Ken Howard. Well done, Susan Reynolds. This is your Tanya Watch for Tuesday. Tanya and Nancy, the rock opera, is coming to a theater near you, complete with 20 freshly crafted rock and roll songs, bearing such uh, scandal-tinged titles as Whip Her Butt, Watch Your Back, <laughs> When You Wake Up Sleepy in Your Car, and Estacada. <laughs> okay, I'm sold just on that alone. Uh-huh. The rock opera version of the Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan scandal that thrust Oregon's favorite Olympic figure skater into the tabloid line in 1994. That was a long time ago. God, 13 years ago. Mm -hmm. And what's improved for her? Nothing. It's uh, scheduled to open February 21st, 2008. Don Horm, the uh, founder of Triangle Productions and the show's producer and director, plans at least a three-week run in the World Trade Center. Oh, that's close to us. I'll be I'll be there opening night. Mm -hmm. I'm totally having him on the show. What is his name? Don Horn? Yes. Don Horn, you are coming on this program to discuss your Tanya Harding musical. And asked if he'll invite uh, Tanya Harding, who lives in southwest Washington, we're told. An exuberant horn replied, come on, girl. Because he's sassy. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, we're totally having him on. Maybe we'll get Tanya Harding on as well. Oh, That's <laughs> totally there. Yeah, because we know one of her drinking buddies. And, well, and I've tried. I've, look, I've been here for a decade. I've been on Portland Radio for ten years. You at least deserve Tanya Harding. I, <laughs> If nothing else. You say it like it's a booby prize, so to speak. Door number three. <laughs> Door number 12. <laughs> Would you like to exchange this for a tire <laughs> iron? <laughs> Would you like to exchange Tanya Harding for whatever's under this box? No, no, I wouldn't. There's your Tanya watch. By the way, apparently, uh, Ken, what's his name? What did I just say his name was? Ken uh, uh, Bozen. No, no. Ken Bozen was not the white shadow. <laughs> he was a tall man like the white shadow. That is like a, that is not even a 1% joke. I'm sorry. That is a point zero zero one percent joke. I, I, I so you're looking for the big white man in the white Male show. model Ken Bozen. What? Ken Howard? Ken Howard. He now plays apparently the pathetic pathologist, uh, the father on the pathetic pathologist cable show Crossing Jordan. Oh. Apparently that's what he does. All right. Uh, hey, you all need the, uh, and by you all I mean Sarah and Tim. You need to come over here and look at something because okay, I need to know. Okay, what's the thing that you're wondering? Whether Somebody sent this to me. 
Okay, so oh, I must see it. so I want to show you something that a guy sent to me. This is, I think, Randy in Minnesota. Randy, do this to me. And I just want to see if you all have the same reaction. Don't pay any attention to the text. In fact, turn away for a moment, if you will. Because it's all about the photo, so don't look quite yet. Just you, you, you look away. All right, now, I'm going to bring up this photograph on the screen. Okay, you can look. And I'm going to bring up this photograph, and I just want you to tell me. I'm going to put the mic over here to get your reaction. If there is one. Ready? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, but you did exactly what I did. You laughed, and then you tried to suck it back in. You laughed, and then you went, <gasps> oh. This is, a bill- like- this is a billboard down the street from where he lives. Nuh-uh. Oh, that's what I'm saying. That's what makes it funny. It's a billboard. This is a billboard down the street from where he lives. And he he, he notes, let's see, what does he say? He says, uh, let me see here, um... Very large billboard directly above the Nicolette Video Store in Minneapolis. He says, I'm not making a comment. I'm just saying it's there. This is one way in which Minnesota is not like where you live. Let me just show you the photo one more time. Let me show you the, uh, let me show you the picture one more time. Let's see here. Yeah. Um, there you go. I don't know. What do you think? You know that's going to be Photoshopped in like a hundred different ways almost immediately. Yes. I don't know. I don't want to even say anything. I, I'm not I saying opinion. anything. I have no comment. I have no comment. That's unfair. Comment? I have no comment. No, Tim and I, no, this is this is between you and your God, Rick Emerson. Well, maybe, um, what if I don't post it? What if, Randy, what if it just somehow shows up on the MySpace comments? What do you think? Randy did send this to me, so I know he has a copy. That way I'm not posting it. I think that that could work. So, Randy, this is between you and the church of your choosing. Uh, should you decide to post this picture on my MySpace page, that is up to you, of course. So there you go. That's, uh, Randy, that photo you sent me, I'm not going to post it proactively on my uh, on my blog. If you decide to post this, and I'm not laughing at the thing, and I'm not laughing at, at the circumstance, and I know that we're talking about a thing people can't see, and so I'll quit it, like, right now. But... When slash if this it's kind of it's adorable. When this shows when this shows up in the MySpace comments, you know it's immediately going to be photoshopped. It's adorable, but I can see how people with um, it is sort of it's so it's so blunt that it becomes inadvertently uncomfortably funny. Mm -hmm. And then we all we all laughed, all of us. I laughed again, and I've already seen it five times. And then you tried to take the laughter back because you feel bad. I'm not laughing at it. I'm laughing with it. Well, you're laughing at part of it. Well, it's just and, so that it's, and that it's written in like a scroll, like you expect the letters well, to be backwards. Well, because you would think those two sentences would be separated. Uh-huh. That's so, the funny thing is the text how it's just one after the other. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, here's I'm Tim Riley. Page. All right. I just happen to have a story from Minneapolis. This is Winter Hazard Awareness Week in uh, Minnesota. Today's focus is on outdoor winter safety. Spokesman Mike Hammer says before, Hammer. before venturing onto the ice, Wait. make sure it is safe. Spokesman Mike Hammer? Yeah, I barely knew her. As in, she walked like jello on springs. I was just pouring myself a glass of breakfast and giving a guy a little chin music. Yeah, Vera. Okay, fantastic. Now, Mike Cameron says, before venturing out into the ice, make sure it's safe. Say about a minimum of four inches before a person walks on the ice, five inches for a snowmobile or ATV, and then getting up to eight a inches snowmobile. for small cars, 
small pickups than 10 or more inches when we get up into the, the larger size vehicle. Is there a quick measuring device? I like the idea that I said that he says I need a minimum of four inches. Also, <laughs> do, do, do you know, it's not a snowmobile. He just says snowbeel. A snowbeel is a thing made of ice that you dangle above your baby's crib that he looks at. Uh, make sure you dress in layers. One of the first signs of hypothermia is shivering. That's just your body's way of trying to generate more heat to compensate for the loss that's happening, whether it's through your clothing or your head or whatever. You lose a lot of your uh, heat by just not wearing a hat. You know, when you first start seeing that redness on the cheeks, the sign that it may be too cold out there. You want to get the kids to come back in because you don't want to see those cheeks turn white. Jesus, that's creepy. Because then they're zombies you have to cut their heads off and burn them. That would be true, wouldn't it? Yes. Hey, this is Ving Rhames from BET's American Gangster. Here's the number to call. Don't call. Here's Tim Riley. Boy George is being charged with falsely imprisoning a 28-year-old man. A 46-year-old... He must have shaved a few years off this <laughs> That's age. he's not 46. No, he's having a 46 no in a long way. time. That's in a uh, base two numbering system. He is system. a former culture club frontman whose real name is George O'Dowd. He was arrested... And uh, told to appear in court on November 22nd. Uh, the Sun newspaper reported in April that a Norwegian man named Odin claimed he was chained and threatened at O'Dowd's uh, London flat. Do you really want to chain me? <laughs> he had gone <laughs> as a photo model. Stupid joke. I'm sorry. A, a photo model. Is that what they're calling that now? Mm. Yes. Photo uh -huh. model. Okay. So uh, apparently he was dressed in leather and was chained. Leather? Okay, you've got to stop. You've got to rein it in a little bit, like every other one. I'm sorry. So he was dressed in leather and chained up? Yes. That certainly, well, my read on this, that sounds like it might have initially been consensual. Mm-hmm. Well, David Cassidy could be uh, returning to the small screen. Wait, are you just going to leave it at that? So Lord George chained a guy up? <laughs> that's it. And that's it, and we're done? How would that be unusual? For, <laughs> well, I suppose. If only Scotty were here, he could speak for that community. I mean, take a look at him. Who? Boy George. No. Wouldn't no. he chain someone? I bet he'd have to at this point. Look, please stay. <laughs> God. Ah, uh, crap. I'm Boy George. Where are my manacles? Um, uh, okay. So how for how long was the guy chained up in Boy George's love nest? It doesn't say here. <laughs> His lair, uh, lair de amor. You'd have to uh, go back and consult the Sun newspaper. I'm not going to do that. All right. Well, I'm going to assume it was for like a year. <laughs> uh, David Cassidy could be, could be returning to the small screen. A former Partridge Family star says in his latest newsletter, I guess he, how do you get on his newsletter list? He's teaming up with his brothers for a new TV project. The singer notes he's still in the very early development phase. He's not in a position yet to share any details. I'm sorry, I'm trying hard to be upset about that. Mm -hmm. Wait, no, not happening. Oh, he has a book to uh, play in Enid, Oklahoma. On December 15th. Enos, Oklahoma? Enid. Oh, e Enid. E-N-I-D. Sorry. Mm, must be a Christmas special. All right. Uh, shall we take some of these calls? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Why, hello. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Oh, Rick, I'll tell you what. I'm kind of leveling off from the experience, but the uh, I don't know if it was the width of the vibrato or what it was, but my eyes just went a little bit lazy and cross-eyed, and I kind of came to and walked into a room where I saw a turtle neck clad Elliot Gould kind of hovering loosely over a low and brow talking to uh, Muhammad Ali exchanging deep throat theories uh, in a room that was vaguely wood or faux wood paneled with green traverse draperies and then I snapped to and I was on Che Guevara Boulevard or I mean Highway 213. So I did have a, uh, a question for Sarah Dillon however I was been spending a little bit of time at ground control and I'm just kind of wondering what's up with the Fidel Castro caps and the little tiny beards. 
I don't know. That's that's where everybody. It's all about the facial hair if you're a guy, and you have to be vegan and ride a fixed uh, vegan and ride a fixed gear as well. I know a lot of guys who wear the Fidel Castro hat right now. See, I know yeah, a lot of them who wear the little bike caps with just the teeny little brims. That's what that's what a lot of the kids are wearing. The bike cap. What is that? They're like they're like uh, regular you know, like baseball hats, except for they're made out of cloth and they have a really small. Oh, I've seen those. Front yeah, yeah, up. yeah. Uh, no, I have a friend of mine who has the full beard and the Castro hat. I kept trying to get him to go as Castro for Halloween, but I guess he thought it was redundant or something. So I don't know things go in. Um, oh, Judd Apatow just approved me to be his friend. That was so great just now. That was that was that was a whole lot of ooh mini truck and biker magazine. That was you just like, McRib is back. Is I've been checking did. to see if he, was, if he would approve me. And he finally just said, um, yeah, things those things go in waves like they're everywhere on Hawthorne. I don't know, like it'll probably be gone in like six months. Well, I'd like to finish up by saying this, if you don't mind. Yes. Sounds like you got yourself a lemon, man. Thanks. It's you know what's all right? Bragging on yourself? Bragging on yourself yeah. sometimes. What's the single worst fashion trend happening right now among the people you know? Not that they're like, you know, I'm just saying that you see. Worst fashion trend. Hmm. Does it rhyme with Crocs? Oh, I know. I don't really see a lot of the Croc people. I live in my own little bubble over in southeast Portland. I saw a woman wearing those the other day, and I had to overcome the urge to beat her to death with an umbrella. Here's Tim Riley. He was dressed as a Croc? No. Oh, you'd know what they are, Tim. You, would you know not Crocs, be a fan. don't you? It's like oh. you're wearing rubbery Swiss cheese on your feet. They look like little gardening sandals. They have all the holes in them. They come in all kinds of kooky they're colors. Awful. They're the worst thing ever. I guess I don't no. frequent that part of town. A teenage girl uh, died in a hail of 20 bullets. Oh. Oh. oh we don't know if it was a girl or not. Uh, anyway, the officer thought that, oh, it was a heat. He was holding a gun. Turned out to be a hairbrush. The 911 operator heard the teen yelling that he had uh, a gun. So apparently he brought this on himself. But uh, in the case, and nonetheless, it evoked painful memories of ple- previous police shootings. Officers received the 911 call from a teen's mother around 7 o'clock. They could hear the teen yelling in the background, claiming he had a gun. When officers arrived at the Brooklyn apartment building, they could see the 18-year-old pacing inside the first-floor apartment. His mother was outside. The teen's mother had attempted to have him hospitalized earlier in the day. Wait, so he said he had a gun. He had a history of mental illness. He was holding a thing that looked like a gun, yeah. and they shot him. Yep. Well, what are you going to do? Case closed. Don't he deserved it. Don't, don't go around saying, I have a gun, and waving something. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the end for you. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. God, people are stupid. Hello. Yes, they are. I agree. Hey, Rick. Yeah. Uh, I just want to let you know, I don't know if you saw the news the other night, but they had uh, uh, meat-flavored soda by Jones Soda. Yeah. It's, uh, Tim's already ordered a case of that. What? Oh, have you, yeah, you have ordered a case no, of that? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm joking, sir. What, what uh, about it? No, they have, they have uh, the Christmas... Uh, uh, I don't know, variety pack, if you want to call yeah. it that, uh, of Jones Soda, but they have Christmas ham-flavored soda. Ugh. And they have Christmas tree-flavored, and they have... Wait, uh, hold on. Christmas tree, like it tastes like a tree? Uh, apparently. Okay, I'll try that. Like a pine? Uh, I'll totally try that. Well, you know, it's vegan, too. That's the weird thing. All of that stuff is vegan, because well, it's just great, chemicals. Well, the great thing is they also have a Jewish line, too, that has uh, the, uh, whatever you call those little pastries, those Jewish pastries. Latkes. They, yeah, vodkas, yeah. They yeah. have those and, and a few other things along the lines of that. Vodka. They have that's, vodka and uh, yeah, so they so you can go and you can drink your you can drink your knish in a bottle. That's correct. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, and uh uh eggnog flavor. Excellent. I, eggnog tastes like ass though, so I'm not gonna be drinking. Oh I love eggnog. I can't get Unless with it's that. It, only when it's like super cold. Oh, oh I can't. Uh, you mean cold outside or the the nog itself? The is nog cold? itself. Soy oh. nog is better. All right. Thank you, sir. Uh, right. Bye. All right. Bye. All right. Uh, all right. Well, are you very do? busy today? 
It is. We got to take a break. Oh. Uh, we come back. Jim Roop around the corner. He's uh, in Las Vegas covering Orenthal James Simpson. We still have a taser watch to get to. Yeah. Microphone off. No, it's fine. I turned on. Yeah. As I was thinking, I turned his microphone on. I, mine was off. No, I was just speaking to myself. Okay. Hey, uh, we'll come back after this. Jim Roop and the top five songs about wind. Top five wind songs. Plus, stunning news about the writer's strike. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Lie to yourself. You always think cheese nips or whatever those are, they seem like they're healthy because they're baked, but they're just like the cheese. Anything covered in cheese is bad for you. Rick, I don't know if Ken Howard, uh, side note, I loved the White Shadow, was an American gangster, but he was in Michael Clayton. That's right. And he was married to Ann Landers' daughter. All right, that's from Lisa. Excellent. Thank you, Lisa. Uh, let's see. Rick, I lived in Boston for six years, and I know Kristen. She does not have an accent. She doesn't really. She's like Tim. It sort of comes and goes. Mm-hmm. You don't notice Kristen's With accent. words. Yeah, or if she if it's late at night, she's kind of tired. Like, it sort of slips in. Or kind of drunk. Yeah. I wasn't going to put it that way. See, I was going to say late at night, a little fatigued. I wasn't going to say if she's plastered. Plastered? Uh, okay, that's the last one. I'm done. Ladies and gentlemen, from Los Angeles, except in Nevada, Jim Roop from CNN Radio. Hello, sir. Howdy, how are you? How's life, my friend? How are things? Yeah, it's not too bad. You know, it's a pretty good uh, day here in Las Vegas, I'm thinking. Are you not hating your life today? You sounded very despondent about the whole thing the other day. Well, I, I'm, it's it, it really is kind of ridiculous that we're all here right now. Yes. But, um, you know, I'm just trying to make the best of it. Today was pretty good testimony because this is the first time we have, we actually heard uh, two of uh, Simpson's co-defendants talk about the fact that O.J. not only knew there were guns there, but was the one who said, bring guns. See, and uh, for currently, the guy in the stand right now, Michael McClinton, uh, is a friend of Walter Alexander's, the other guy who was on the stand today and said Simpson uh, bring guns. We were just, I'm sorry, we were just, sorry if you just heard something there. We were playing, queuing up a CD in the background. Um, the weird thing, and I was making this observation earlier, it's strange, maybe strange isn't the right word. If you knew O.J. Simpson in any context, and O.J. came to me and said, look, I would like you to all go allegedly commit a crime with me. I mean, it just seems like that would be the biggest red flag of all time, that O.J. Simpson wants you to go do something which may or may not be illegal with him. Well, every one of these guys is... Is like uh, you know the you, you know from the sleaze factory. I mean, there's not one of these guys has a clean record for any stretch of the imagination. I mean, it's it these are criminals. These guys have had uh, bad dealings in the past. They they all have records. It, uh, you know, it's the kind of these are the kind of folks that do this kind of thing. These are the men you sort of like sort of like a, the like an inverse A team. You know what I mean? They're yeah, not exactly not you know? not wrongly yeah. accused of anything. They are rightly accused and convicted of many things. If you need help, if no one else can help you, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire OJ's thug friends. Yeah, and they yeah. seem to like to do this stuff just for the sake of doing it. It's uh, very strange. Crying you know, then, they get, for... then they got mad at Simpson because he wouldn't bail them out of jail or pay for their lawyers, so <laughs> they decided to turn state's evidence. And this morning, the funniest thing this morning was, uh, and these guys are dumber than stumps, man. Uh, Walter Alexander on the stand says, well, I was very mad at O.J. Simpson. I, I called his friend and said, look, uh, if O.J. helps me out, I'll help him out because, you know, I knew that I could – Skew the testimony to the and, and and the defense lawyer says, "Oh, okay, you keep talking, man." The guy just he said on the stand he was going to lie about or taint his testimony to favor O.J. Simpson if Simpson would uh, bail him out or give him money for a lawyer. Well, 
that sort of discredits his entire testimony, although he did say, but I am telling you the truth now. Jesus. I mean, it just... It was really a mess. Uh, I mean, and, and the idea, I mean, I don't even know how to feel about all this. First of all, just a simple self-preservation, you think, would would tell O.J. like, look, maybe I ought to not let these guys just rot in jail. You know what I mean? Well, they both said that he let them... He, he just dropped them like a hot potato. As soon as this thing was over, he didn't want to have anything to do with them, which is what really ticked them off and why they turned state's evidence yeah, off. Yeah, I mean, if there's a guy who's got evidence of your impli I mean, conspiring to commit a crime, even if you are conspiring to commit a misdemeanor, which is in fact a felony, uh, those are the guys, you know, you keep them on your Christmas list. You uh, you remember the children's birthdays. You bail them out of jail when they get arrested. Oh, yeah. They got something on you, Chief. God damn. I mean, yeah, it, and, and the only thing is, it, you know, on the on the stand, they sound so shady, so dumb. That I don't know how the judge is, is going to figure this out. I mean, well, I, I don't know that I trust a lot of these guys. Is this is this one of those cases where there just is no, no there is no good person? Every... I can tell you this: if this thing goes to trial, that person that was on this morning is such a non-good person that we won't hear from him at the trial. It'll be I like, can promise you that no one will call him as a witness. It, it'll be like that weird mom in the Michael Jackson case that everybody wishes they hadn't put on the stand. Right. Yeah, they'll just they, 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 they leave this guy today completely out of it. I tell you, I would trust O.J.'s story right now. That's hilarious. What a, what a sad what a sad statement that is, actually, that you find O.J. to be more reputable than this guy. It's just, oh. I'm telling you. It's it's really bad. This whole thing is I mean it's it's more than a fiasco. It's yeah. a travesty. It's just it's 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 nuts. I say you know just take them all. There's five of them. Just put them all in the cell for five or six years and let's be done with it. Just on general principles. Yeah. Just because they gotta have done something wrong even this morning. Yeah. <laughs> Just, just because, just look at them. Yeah. Uh, the uh, and just as a side note here, you and Lisa are doing. You guys are uh, doing the thing for the debates, right? Yeah, she. Uh, yes, she's here now. I got to catch up with her a little bit later on. Now, have you guys ever spent time together socially? I've never met her. Okay, we'll see. There you go. Are you excited? You, I mean, you two are our favorite course. I'm very tired. I got up at one o'clock to drive to Las Vegas this morning. Uh, oh, so I you're, have no so you're not... to be dealing with Lisa Goddard. <laughs> so you're, so you're not even. Uh, staying in Las Vegas, you're actually commuting back and forth. No, no, no. I'm staying in Las Vegas, but I didn't want to come yesterday. Yesterday was, uh, you know, my kids were off school. I wanted to hang out with them uh, yesterday, but uh, I opted to right. drive up this morning. Well, I'll tell you what. If at some point you do feel like you need to curry favor with Lisa, I do know that her drink is just straight vodka. So, oh, is it really? Yeah, it is. Well, that's, that's good to know. No, no, she's. I mean, you know, not like I, it, you know, like we spend a lot of social time together, she and I. But, uh, but uh, she's, uh, she's a. She's a ball of fun. I do get that sense. So, I'm well, I'm, you know, I am looking forward to meeting her. Um, and uh, I've just kind of been blackberrying her back and forth as she's picking up some credentials and stuff. And so I'm sure we're going to have to hook up tonight because i got to figure out what's going on with this. If this because this, this hearing is going to go through tomorrow, obviously. I, I get and this. i got to trust her to get me up to speed debate-wise. I get the sense that it's actually not her so much as you're just not in the mood to deal with people, period. I'm not in the mood to deal with anybody right now. Anybody. Well, uh, I do know that as a, as a leftover... Well, i got to tell you... There's some nice-looking women in Las Vegas. I, dude, you are not lying. And, of course, it, it doesn't uh, hurt that Las Vegas has that proximity to Utah, which is the home to some of like, the hottest women I've ever seen in my life. I know. So, All right, well, enjoy that. And, uh, yeah, if you need to curry favor with her at some point, a couple years she lived in Russia, and I think she brought back with her a love of vodka. So, you know, you got no that. No kidding. I did, yeah. I did, yeah, see, I'm known. What else do I need to know about her? Uh, Sarah? What lived in Russia, likes vodka. What else? Went to Russia, likes vodka. 
Uh, uh, she's, I don't know, whip smart, and you guys can talk yeah, about pop culture. Yeah, she's like sharp as a freaking tack. Uh, loves trashy American culture, you know, bad movies, bad TV shows. Um, uh, I don't know. I dig her. It's, uh, it's, you know, I don't know. I, I didn't think I was going to be. She just got married. You can talk about that. She just got married. You can talk about the, talk about the fact that she tried to get Charles Nelson Riley at her wedding and then he died. Okay. Um, she was trying, they were putting the full court press on to get Charles Nelson Riley at their wedding and then he snuffed it and then they, and, and then I think then they, they shifted it to Stephen Colbert, but there was just no time. So in any event, well. To whatever extent you can, as I always say, uh, enjoy it. I know you'll do a great job. We'll uh, we'll check in with you probably tomorrow then. I certainly hope so. All right, my friend. Weather it well. Thank you, sir. There, Jim Roof, ladies and gentlemen, in Las Vegas. All right. Yeah, he does not sound happy to be anywhere doing he anything. Sick. He Yeah, he sounds like he's just ready to like just call it a day. Uh, Rick, on today's new news on KGW, I heard the story of a semi-famous high school coach being fired because the new principal wanted a, quote, New direction for the women's basketball team. I laughed out loud and made many people at the gym awkward. Uh, can you have did Tim confirm? Did he write confirm... laughed out loud or did he write LOL? Laughed out loud. Lulled? He laughed out loud. Uh, he did not lol. So apparently they went in a new direction for the women's basketball team. KGW. Okay, I'm totally going to look into that. Uh, well, let's do a couple more here and then we'll take a break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi. Um, so the Tanya Harding musical? Yes. Please tell me it's on ice. Uh, no, well, I think it's at that World Trade Center building, which is down the street from us, which is on first. And I, I think that's just a regular little performance hall. I don't believe it's on ice, but it does seem like that's, it does seem like that's the logical extension of it, right? Or if this is successful, maybe they can do it uh, at the at the Lloyd Center Mall on ice eventually. That would certainly fit with uh, the whole story. It's fantastic. I, you know what? I, I'm we're gonna get that guy on, and I'm gonna be there the first night. I'll be there to see that. Fantastic. Excellent. Right. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. All right. There you go. Um, well, we should take a break. What do you think? Let's do it. All right. Oh, do you have that song? I do. The lounge mix of whatever? Mm-hmm. All right. Take this to break. Uh, courtesy of Richie Bristol. Richie is worth his weight in gold. This is apparently the lounge mix of... Oh, oh this is like the full length. I think this is the full length version. See, that's the full length. I also have... No, this is the full MP3 Miller's Lounge Mix Hard Day's Night. Sadly, I don't even know that that's the... I don't even know that that's actually, like, the lounge version. I think it's just, sadly, the way it was recorded. All right, I have one more. All right. Let's check this one. I'm trying to find this thing about the... Uh, about this, the new direction that they needed for the basketball team. I can't seem to locate this. I don't think there is a lounge I think version. they're all the same. I all think right. they're all just that. Why don't we do this? Do you have something better? Oh, I know what this is. Wait, oh. Did you give me the CD? Yeah, it's over there. I handed it to you. Sorry, I thought it was... Oh, I'm sorry. Well, let's try this. Let's do one. I'll just sit here. I'll just amuse everybody with a series of right old anecdotes. I know CD players. Let me, uh... There once was a man from Nantucket. What? You should just, um, uh, say words with things that end in er, and then just keep playing your sounder over and over again. Sounder? Oh, and if I turn my computer turned off. You mean sounder? I barely knew her. Um. Sweater. Sweater. I barely knew her. Ginger. Ginger. I barely knew her. Cheddar. Cheddar. I barely knew her. This is the lounge version. I'm... Well, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I admire his funk, but this came out on vinyl in like 65. I don't really know 
they had the remix down cold at that point. Not like there was a dub mix of this or something put together. Well, I'm glad, though, that this is the full version, because I've only got the 30-second version. Wonderful. Hi, Tim. Are you preparing news for us? I am in the war room. Hey, did you hear this thing about KGW? No. Okay, so uh, we have this guy who emailed us. He says, Rick. Let's see, where did it go? Boy, this really is something else. He says, Rick, on today's new news on KGW, they said that a semi-famous high school coach was fired because the principal wanted a new direction for the women's basketball team. Can you confirm? We'll look into that. Yeah. Back after this with Tim Riley and the top five songs about the wind. Stay there. Jesus. Uh, momentarily. Just give me one second. Do you want the rest of my goldfish crackers? No, but thank you. Mm, what? No, I don't. And perhaps Tim would like them. I'd stay away from seafood, thank you. It's 503-733-2970. Let's take a... Well, let's not. Hey, evil man, did you post it? I'm not evil. You're evil. I'm not evil. You're evil. We're all evil. Uh, Hold on. Let me check my... uh, Let me check rickemerson.com. Yeah. Uh, I just put it up with no comment. And I also noted that Randy himself has no comment on this. Okay, now I want you to go there. Leave your mic open. Go there and look at it. Right now. And then we'll and then we'll do the news uh-huh. in the top five. See, you laughed again. I did not. I was like clearing my throat. I'm like, <laughs> is the the miss? You can click on it. It becomes huge. It's huge. There's no comment. I'm not giving any comment about this thing that I just posted at RickEmerson.com. None. Zero. No comment. Oh, I didn't even see what this was for. Oh, I just I didn't even notice that either. It's to me. It's the, well, I mean, you're kind of distracted. I'm by you're, you're distracted. You're distracted by the by the eighty percent of the, the rest of this. I mean, it's just someone. Their advertising agency needs to be spoken to. Somebody in their art department needs a good talking to. You can see what we're I'm referring. I'm totally going to their website and see if they have more. Things. A gallery of those. You can see what we're discussing at RickEmerson.com. RickEmerson.com. Now with the Ministry of Truth, your personal blessing, Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. So you have to call up and ask for Donald Draper and see if he's not in Paris. Excellent. Draper? No, damn it. Draper? What was happening? <laughs> Shut up. Here's Tim Riley. Ah, damn it. Well, quit w- talking. Widmer. Widmer? Mm. I barely knew her. Brothers Brewing Company and Roodhook <laughs> Ale Brewery emerging, bringing two of the Pacific Northwest's most notable beers together. Together? I barely knew her. Whitmer is a Portland-based brewer. <laughs> I barely knew her. And Roodhook is a publicly traded brewer. I barely knew her. In Woodenville, Washington, near uh, Seattle. <laughs> okay. 47 youngsters, many between the ages of 15 and 20, are facing charges after police busted a massive drinking party. This was a triple kegger south of Peoria, Illinois. They got together uh, using the Facebook thing. In addition, 50 young people who were busted cups on plenty of beer and liquor. They also found a kiddie pool with six inches of chocolate pudding that was used for pudding wrestling. Liquor? I barely knew her. 
Uh, meanwhile, is this a taser watch of some sort? Uh, does, does it say taser? Taser, yes. Yeah, ladies, and here's your taser watch. Tuesday. Well, do you think the offense would be punishment enough? A Madison police officer was issued a letter of reprimand for zapping the officer's own hand with a taser, inadvertently sending a massive jolt of electricity through the officer's body. This happened with the officer, whose uh, name and gender is not disclosed, discharged the non-lethal weapon during a checkout procedure. According to a summary, officers are required to make sure no air cartridge is located uh, loaded before testing the taser gun, which is done at the start of each shift. The air cartridge that forces prongs out of the taser. When the prongs strike a target, electricity surges through them attached to the wires. The officer's hand was injured during the incident. That's that. Where was this? Where did this happen? Madison, I guess, Wisconsin. Madison, Wisconsin. Madison, Wisconsin. You know, I got to tell you. Madison, Wisconsin's really pretty. It's it's a great, but, you know, a lot of people there are drunk all the time. It's it's a college town as well. So there you go. There's your taser watch for Tuesday. I think we're on a good streak lately with the watch theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick, could you tell me who does that cover of Nobody by Sylvia? Uh, that is Chicks Diggit. And this, uh, that is spelled C-H-I-X-D-I-G-G-I-T. One uh, word? One word. Chicks Diggit. Chicks uh, good friend Justin. I'll just up by that. Here's Tim Riley, and then we'll do the top five here in a second. I believe we're going to do the top five right now. Oh, here's oh. the top five right now, That's ladies five. and gentlemen. Are these your wind songs, Rick? Yes, they are. Songs about the wind. About the wind. This guy says the best part of that billboard is that the baby's name is Ricky. How appropriate. It is. If you look at the name, if you look at the um, the final name on that photo, that baby's name is Ricky. It's baby Ricky. Ricky? Oh. Are you looking at it again? Is it still funny? I just kept the big picture, and I'll just click on it every once in a while, and I just to look at it. Don't you kind of want to wear it as a t-shirt? It's really cute. It is adorable in a in a goggly-eyed sort of way. I think it's the crossed eyes that really sell it. It really is. I I just want to send him something. I want to send him something cuddly. Don't you? Don't you look at that? You just want to send him like a big teddy bear. If I wonder. Sorry. Oh, are you at their website? Touching our hearts. Yeah. What? Oh. Uh, here's Tim Riley with today's Top 5. These are the Top 5 Wind songs. Well, as uh, Port- Portland is a buffet by a strong lashing wind. Buffeted. Buffeted by a strong lashing wind. Buffet. Uh, we take this time <laughs> to celebrate and ponder the wind. What is the wind? Where does wind come from? Why do so many bands sing about wind? We'll try to answer at least uh, the last question of these. The Top 5 songs about the wind. But I will mention going to... <laughs> Yes, Tim. I don't know. Swayze, she likes the wind. Dirty. <laughs> she, likes she likes my wind. <laughs> but she likes the wind. <laughs> is this from the Dirty Dancing soundtrack? It sure as hell is. <gasps> she likes the wind. I know. 
my tree. What are you doing? I fixed the balance problem. I just adjusted the oh, balance. Oh, so is it all it. over on... Yeah, so I just... Uh, you all at home can't hear this, but in the studio, a lot of the things on my computer were only coming out of one headphone. Well, I fixed that. I don't have anything to say about this song, Sarah. Why she doesn't know what she's I don't know any of the lyrics I loved this. this song when I saw Dirty Dancing, and then my sister bought the Dirty Dancing album, and then I looked at it, and I didn't realize that the Sways actually sang it. The Sways. The... That's really funny. I don't know why. It's like my wife is taking to calling Chris Sneed and to Sneed. <laughs> and this is so poignant. Just a fool to believe I have anything she needs. Now, I mean this Wait. question. Okay. Sorry. She got the wind. Yeah. Smooth sack, cue. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean this sincerely. <laughs> Why didn't Patrick Swayze do any more records? I'm not know. trying to be snarky. Why? I wonder why that is. He can sing. This is before Pro Tools. He's a decent singer. I mean, he's clearly got a little bit of faith. He should... <gasps> great idea. This is great idea number 10 today. All those great ideas I've had today, they pale in, in front of this one. I don't even care about some of these ideas, whether people do them, don't do them. I have no stake in any of these ideas. I just like coming up with interesting concepts. Here's the next one. Patrick Swayze, to please all of his fan bases, ought to do a record of songs about Roadhouse. Oh. A record of songs as that character, all singing about the Roadhouse. All right, no one what cares. What about his character in Ghost? Or that. <laughs> and he can sing as the pedophile Nick in Donnie Darko? is back. Patrick Swayze needs to do a concept record where he does like ten songs, each of them in character, in character from a different film. Oh. That is gold, gold, that is gold, freaking gold, solid gold. His character in Red Dawn. Uh, that's oh, it. and Point Break. That's like the ninth great idea I've had today. That was not your idea. That was a joined idea. Here's Tim Riley. Number five is uh, Judas Priest in Riding Against the Wind. I'm going to start calling you Baby Ricky. Thank you. Isn't Baby Ricky the baby on I Love Lucy? Ah, little Ricky. That's little Ricky. <laughs> this is uh, from the Screaming for Vengeance album, I think. Which is really, and I know this is heresy, is really the only Judas Priest record I really like. I know. Judas Priest is sort of retarded. I mean, they're great, but they're just stupid. Who can sing like that? It's just not right. All right, counting out the top five wind songs. Bette Midler, number four, The Wind Beneath My oh, Wing. All these songs sad. They've played it at every funeral that whenever I've lost anybody I love. I tried to find like a me first in the Gimme Gimme's version to cheer yeah. us up, but I knew he, this song, let, I'm just going to call it like it is. This song is on the list because Sarah would have killed me. Because you would have run me through with a spear well, if I hadn't. two of them that better be on three. You would have jabbed a fork right into my eye had I not played this. This song is so... Patrick Swayze done. There was nothing he want from me. Um, I gave you Patrick... There's don't... this one, and then there's also another one. I gave you Patrick Swayze and Bette Midler on one list on a... You know, Who I, is I, the most obvious thing? Come well, on. we'll see. We'll yeah, see. you know. We'll see. You know. I know you did it. <sighs> Midler. Midler. Hot as balls, though. Still now. Even now she is. Oh, this is the, I keep forgetting how slow this song is. Man. Oh, yeah. 
just every time you hear this flashback to all kinds of depressing things. Who's the other chick in Beaches? It's Bette Miller and who? Who's the other woman in Beaches? I can't remember. She's married to someone hot, though. Not Holly Hunter, is it? No. And depressing. Ponderous chorus. depressing. See, it doesn't depress me. Especially when you have the visual and, like, she's sitting there with her best friend and is overlooking the last sunset and then she dies. Ah! Hope this casket isn't too heavy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is the funeral montage. (laughs) Paul Bearer. (laughs) What's wrong with you people? (laughs) I think you know the answer. Barbara Hershey. All right. Oh, she is hot. She's married. She's in Hoosiers. All right. Counting down the top five wind songs of all time. Number three, Kansas. Best in the wind. This is an indisputable classic. I don't even like Kansas. I hate this song. Really? Oh, I played it a million times. Well, I to talk it up, too. Of silent lucidity. Yeah, but it was first. <laughs> I mean, when I think Close it, your eyes. Hey, that's true. Queens are totally ripped this off. No, I don't really like Kansas because I don't really care for prog rock. This is a beautiful song, though. A truly beautiful melody. And it's a pretty, it's a pretty poignant rumination on the. These songs are all about death, Segway. except for the Judas Priest one, which is about rocking. Segway with Chevy Van or something. <laughs> Would you like to run to the back of my El Camino? All right, Barbara Hershey is my hero. She's hot. No, because she's married to um, uh, Saeed a... from Lost. You haven't no. But he's um, yeah, he's a beautiful man. A beautiful man. He's he twenty-one is... years younger than her. I was just gonna say she's like eighty. Oh, I knew that she was married to someone hot. She was in Falling Down with Michael Douglas. He is a... Now, look, I'll say that he's he, a gorgeous man. He is beautiful. He is... i got to tell you this, because, you know, my wife and I, we did watch season one of Lost, uh-huh. and part of season two. It, it, the second Saeed uh, appeared on the screen in Lost, she's just like, that's the hottest guy I've ever seen in my life. He is so beautiful. He's stunningly attractive. What did I just see him in? I saw him I've in a always, movie I need to recently. look him up, because I want to rent movies just solely with him in <laughs> Are you talking about Michael Douglas? Yes, Michael I'm Douglas is stunningly attractive. Naveen Andrews. Yeah, no, he was in a movie recently. What movie did I just see Fallen him in? Fallen Hero, Animals. No, his name that? is hard. To the say. Brave One, Planet Terror. Planet Terror. Yeah, that's what it is. None of this has anything to do with Kansas. Terrible band, great song. Number two, Elton John, Candle in the Wind. You gotta give it up for this song. Hope it's a Princess Diana version. No, it's not. I love Princess No, it's not. No, that'll look, never be played play on the show. Anniversary every year, so I can hear it. When my when Princess Diana died, my mom bought all of us a copy of the single of. Um, oh God, it's it your fault. It is. I love this song. I think this is a great song. I really do. Or a plate with Diana with angel wings. See, this song is an unfortunate victim of its own success, and all of the cultural crap that gets put on it. I think it's a great song because um, because Bernie Taupin, who wrote the lyrics of this, of course, had a childhood crush on Marilyn Monroe. The whole thing about how she died before he ever got a chance to meet her. So, unfortunately, it did said that it did set a precedent of Elton John singing for every dead blonde that came down the pike, though. Well, maybe they'll make one for Britney Spears. I, we already have made that song. Oh, that's Sarah. true. But I mean, like maybe Elton John will rewrite it again. It'd be called. Uh, no, I don't know. I got no joke. <laughs> and for some reason, and maybe it's because this is the performance they always... Maybe this is the performance they always show on VH1, but every time I picture him singing this, it's in that weird powdered wig barrister outfit. You know what I'm talking about? Tim knows. Strange. I know what you're talking about, but... It's where he's sitting at the piano, and he's got yeah, the powdered wig and like, like a... Drawn on yeah, the beauty mark face. drawn yeah. on his face. Yeah, he looks, all, he looks all dangerous liaisons and whatnot. Pain of the pride. 
And Nicole was found dead. Uh, counting on the top five songs about the wind. Now, do we want to stop and do a rundown of what should be on this list that isn't? Sarah's already preemptively angry. Well, you know what? Here's, okay. Let me just, I like the wind? Well, hold on. Let's stop this song. So here's, pardon me. So we're doing the top five songs about the wind. Here's some other things that aren't on this list. Wind of Change Wind the of Scorpions. Change, that was my other one. No, F that. Like no, I'm never playing that song again. You bastard. Windy. <laughs> like you're all angry about the Scorpions. Wind of Change is a beautiful song. Uh-huh. Especially when you can hear him phonetically reading it off a cue card. Hey. Me. Uh, also, uh, let's see. What else is not on the Wind Cries Mary by Jimi Hendrix. Not Windy, on here. Windy by the Association. No, that's also not on here. Uh, wind uh, something. A Blown in the Wind by Bob Dylan. Oh! Not on this list. Or Peter Paul and Mary. Oh, I am throwing something not her. I gave you bet. Ow. Ah. Oh. I stabbed you with my plastic. I gave you Bet Midler and you Patrick Swayze. You did not put blowing in the wind. Oh. No. No, I didn't. You little hick. What did you put? <laughs> what did you put instead of blowing in the wind? <laughs> little hick. My voice is getting constrained. Probably the Kansas song. Maybe let's just not play the number one. Maybe we should just go to a break. Okay, I'll um. Do we dare unveil it now? I well, feel like I there's all this so. pressure. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful song. That number one. In is, many of your favorite films. It's the uh, Cat Stevens with the wind. You can't hate the song oh, or Cat Stevens. I don't Stevens. hate this song, but you it doesn't deserve to it's be It's an almost one. famous. You can. I know I, I own the song. It's in here. Rushmore. Nice and close. I listen to the wind. To listen the to the song and try to be angry. Yeah, I like Moon Shadow better. I like Father and Son better. Where I end up, where Come on. Stop looking at me. Only God really Angry. Sarah, every song is a blessing. I sat upon the setting sun. <laughs> the, you look at the picture and you can't be angry. Never, I never wanted one. And the great thing about the song is it's perfect and it's only 65 seconds long, the whole song. Never, never. I mean, I like blowing in the wind, too. I do. But... See, for some reason, I didn't think you'd be a fan of Blowing in the Wind. I thought it might be a little too, I don't know, a little too hokey for you. No, remember, you and I have had these talks. It's not necessarily Bob Dylan's music, but the lyrics to which he writes the music. And it has, I understand. Those are beautiful lyrics. Okay, see, I didn't know. See, I sort of thought that you wouldn't, I didn't know that you would be into those lyrics for some reason. I guess I thought you would find it kind of corny. Maybe that's me speaking, though, because like him, I had to play it over and over and over. Mm -hmm. I had to play the Peter, Paul, and Mary version, actually. And the Peter, Paul, and Mary version is way too saccharine for me. All right, this will be over in 20 seconds. I'm sorry you're filled with hate, Sarah. That's a YP, though. I'm just trying to bring culture to the people here. Culture with Cat Stevens? Don't you not Cat Stevens? I'm not knocking Cat Stevens, but you think they're they're giving to people something that they don't already know? Just because he demanded that Salman Rushdie be killed. All right, back after this, The Rick Emerson Show. Must a man walk down 42 Before you call him a man How many seas must the white dove sail Before she sleeps in the sand Well done Hey, I'm trying here uh-huh. It won't buffer Buffer? Spend so much time together. Yeah. I hate this song. Who hates this song? They made Monster Bells like 17 times. Oh, there's already been the first modification of the baby billboard. I hate this song. The video, everybody's waving sparklers. Yeah, this guy's kind of douchey looking. <laughs> Have I told you my Scorpion story? 
No. Um, I saw the Scorpions and Alice Cooper together years ago, and Alice Cooper was opening for the Scorpions, which I felt to be a tremendous insult to him. My friend Todd and I were there, and we hate the Scorpions, both of us. We're united by our hatred of the Scorpions. So we... And we're done. Uh, so we... As soon as the Scorpions came on stage, we're like, F this, we're leaving. We stayed for Alice Cooper, watched his, and then they immediately went to the Scorpions. And we walked out, and the exit, it was a place called Wolf Mountain, the exit took you right by the front of the stage. So you actually passed within about five feet of Klaus Minor, that singer, as you left. And we, we stopped in front of the stage, and we both gave him the dual middle fingers. And we, like, waved them, and we stood there just long enough for him to look down at us and, like, wrinkle his eyebrows and be like, what? And, like, shrug at us. And he's oh, like, you heard his feelings. These, 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 two, these two Americans flipping him off, and then we kind of went, yeah, and then we left. That was the whole reason. The first modification of the baby billboard is in. Do you want to see it? Shut your eyes. Do I? Open your eyes. <laughs> oh, and your face needs to, the face needs to be smaller on the head. Yeah. I'm just saying. Well, he, you know, that's a quick and dirty job. This guy, you know, he just knocked that out. How long do we have? When, when is the show over? Uh, two minutes. Do you want to read your sexy Wikipedia entry about yeah. Saeed from Lost? I guess I should take whatever this call is. Whoever this is has been holding for like a year. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello? Hello? Hey. Is this you? <laughs> yes, it's What's me. Up? <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, on the tasing. Yes. Yes. Love the tasing. Uh, Beaverham police hate them. About six years ago. About what? Who? I missed part of it. Who do you hate? <laughs> six years ago, Beaverham police. Yes. A block away from home. Stop no, me, I'm sorry. no, I'm sorry. I'm You're drunk just... as hell. Yes, and now okay. also. No, I'm sorry. We'll have to do it another time, sir. Sorry. We'll take this call. We'll take this call another day. Sir. That was really weird. Boy, that just who can suck the life out of a show? All right. So I found this thing about Saeed when I was looking up, and you know how we were talking about how she's he's now dating or living with Barbara. And the Hershey. actor's name is what? Uh, Naveen William Sidney and Andrews. Saeed on Lost. Okay. So, um, yeah, because he plays an Iraqi on Lost. So he was born in London, England. He's of Indian origin. Okay. And this gifted actor has a penchant for older women. Wow. When he was 16, you like this, he fell in love with his mathematics teacher, uh. who bore his child in 1992. Well done. Good for you, lad. That's his one and only child. Fantastic. That is hot. Love. There really is, yeah, there, there really is no, no word but hot for that. Excellent. And so now he's with Barbara Hershey. And now he's with Barbara Hershey. And, and has a penchant for older women. And we were talking about this during the break, and I do really think this is true, because I know that he is, what you said, he's from Britain, but he plays an Iraqi on Lost, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, he's, like I said, he's a good-looking guy. He's a full-on sex symbol. I mean, chicks must just, uh, and this, I know this may sound really gay, but chicks must just melt when they see that oh, guy. Oh, yeah. I mean... Barbara Hershey is a very lucky lady. I will say this, and this is what a friend of mine who saw, I had a friend of mine, a friend of my dad's actually, who saw Elvis in concert, like, back in the day. And I said, what was it like to see Elvis in concert, like in person? And he said the coolest thing or weirdest thing, however you look at him, he goes, he goes, you know what? He goes, look, I'm straight, totally like, you know, all 100% straight. He's like, but you know what? Being in the same room as Elvis and singing Elvis sta uh, sing on stage, it's like even I got turned on watching Elvis sing. It's like I can't imagine what it did to women. He's like, that guy just had the, the weirdness. So the thing about that, say you got, man, even I know that that guy is flat out hot. So I can't imagine being my wife, some chick watching Lost News. But uh, we were talking about this during the break that I think it's great that there's like an Iraqi sex symbol on American oh, totally. television. And not only is he an Iraqi sex symbol, he's an Iraqi torturer. Yeah, that he was like in the national. He was in the Republican Guard. Yeah. So there you go. America's America's new hot sex symbol is an Iraqi torturing guy. So there you go. Good for you, Saeed, or whatever your name is. All right. I used. Okay. Oh, somebody claims that that billboard is up in Portland. Really? Yeah. If you can find that, you send that. Send us a picture of that. 
All right. Uh, we want to thank Cena Radio Correspondents James Roop, Bob Costantini, and Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM970 Solid State Radio, part of the CBS Radio Family Newsroom. Tim Riley on the phones. Richie Bristol, the gatekeepers. Dave Zinn, like us next. Donna Mike at 7. See you all tomorrow at 11. Thanks for listening. Don't let the bastards grind you down. Be safe. See you all tomorrow. Watch out for snakes. Bye now.